Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. You gotta hear this song. A wombat. Very big hello to you all and welcome to the This Is Disco Danny Minogue 50th Birthday Party Jam episode of the show. October's not just about Halloween, which coincidentally is also the pod's favourite holiday of them all. Adam is my name and I'm of course joined by my glorious co-host, the lovely Eliza Day. Hello my darling, how's it going? Oh, it's pretty, pretty fabulous for this very, very special birthday event. Oh, I can't believe we're here. I know. What a Monoga Monday it is this month. I know. I've got my, can you see over Zoom, my Danny party hat. I can, which is so funny because I have the exact same Danny party hat. I know. Funny uh, Somewhere that. in the office here, actually, too. So uh, I should have put mine on. I was... Didn't have the foresight to bloody do that, no. I know. Well, for um, everyone at home, um, Adam, for my birthday a few years ago, aside from printing out um, every copy of Smash Hits covers imaginable and plastering my kitchen in that when I was out, Thanks, made, these <laughs> made these amazing party hats with a photo of Danny. What era is this? This is be late. Oh 80s, yeah, it was it was it was um, it was from a TV week, so it right. would have been around yeah the, the early nineties I think. Anyway, it's a fa- it's my favourite hat, and <laughs> you know if I was someone who went to the races, this is what I would wear. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. so yeah, I've got got my Danny party hat. Mm. I I had my Johnny Young Talent School T shirt on before the call. Right. Um, I don't know how it still fits. I mean, it doesn't fit like it did when I was like ten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was baggy. Which now was only like just I'm, a couple of weeks ago when you were ten. Yeah, <laughs> yes, obviously. Now it looks like I'm about to enter a wet t-shirt competition when I put it on. Um, anyway, it was really itchy, so I've taken that off. But got my Danny party hat on, and I'm ready, ready to go. Oh well, indeed. For tonight, we are celebrating the Queen of the Club's birthday as we fast approach her 50th. Danny Minogue, of course, has played such a huge role in our lives here at the pod, which I'm sure many of you have figured out by now. And as you'll find out for yourself, as we're visited by some very special guests, Danny and her music have played a huge role in many people's lives. In the spirit of the fact that we are in lockdown here, we thought that but all things considered, this was about as close to a Danny Minogue club night in Melbourne as we were going to get in 2021. So because of that, we've made sure this episode is a big one with a bit of a change of pace to what you'll have gotten used to from us so far. Anywho, my dear Eliza, could you please share with the listeners at home the guests' names written on the Danny door list for This Is Disco? Does that mean I'm the door bitch for this? Uh... Oh, it does. It does, oh. for, for at least for this first little bit. We'll get we'll get oh. the uh, we'll get someone to uh, take over for your spot when uh, okay. the festi- when once we start getting the guests in. You see. Okay. Well, on the guest list tonight. <laughs> Um, we have, in no particular order, right. just randomly, I should have done it in alphabetical so no one gets their nose out of joint. That's what I, the, I love, my, I love myself an alphabetical list of people or things coming up. Uh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> we have Terry Ronald, Ian Masterson. Oh my God. 
Cameron Adams. Ah! Luke Tenehy. Stop it. Edward from Inside the Groove. <gasps> Dami M. No. Yes. Oh, my God. Angie Young. <gasps> Benatar. <gasps> DJ Dan Murphy. Stop it. Trana Winter. <gasps> oh, my God. Anthony from Brisbane. Uh, I mean, you and I. Well, yes, that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> Also popping in for a quick visit, one of Danny, we're actually speaking to a lot of Danny's best friends tonight on the pod, and we're also going to be hearing from one of her dearest, Shayna. And Ian, Molly, Meldrum. Oh yeah, we went there, we did, we got Molly, we got I Molly. I just, just <laughs> cannot even begin to process any of these guests. I know, right? It's crazy. Crazy. Uh, and we need to, from the get-go, it takes a village, as they say. Yeah, definitely. None of this would be possible without a little help from our friends. Definitely. So a huge, huge thank you to Cameron Adams. Yes, who, massive thank you. Who connected us with people and got his dear friend uh, Molly involved mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. A Huge thank you to Edward for connecting us with Terry. Right, yes, absolutely. Thank you. Huge thank you to Steve Anderson for putting in a good word with Ian. Like, I think what it actually shows, more than people helping us out, is how much everyone loves Danny. And this is a celebration about her and everyone wanted to make sure that it was the best celebration possible. Right. So... Danny, this is for you. Oh, we told you that it was a bloody big one. <laughs> Huge. Huge show for you all. But uh, before we do bust out the glittered confetti and declare it pop as a clock, <laughs> there is a bit of uh, monthly Minogue business to attend to. So, Eliza, what has been happening in the world of Minogue since we all last spoke? Well, we had a big September, if you'll recall. Mm, it was we did. two two episodes for the price of one. <laughs> yes. Thanks to the legendary Steve Anderson, who... Uh, what an icon. What a top, that, top, top bloke, as uh, we say here in Australia. <laughs> yes. I Just the loveliest person I think I've ever met. Mm-hmm. So a huge thank you to Steve. A huge thank you to everyone who you know, tuned in and sent us messages saying how much they enjoyed both episodes. Yep. And it was just a lot of love on the socials. Yes, a bit of an outpouring and these, very overwhelming yeah. how really, really well receptive everyone was to the episodes. Yeah. And yeah, so thank you all for all of your lovely words of support, your tweets and your Instagram comments, messages, all that. We see it all and we uh, we really thank you all so much. Yes, thank you. And speaking of uh, Mr. Anderson, yes. how good is that can't get you out of my head arrangement from Global Citizen? Gorgeous. Oh. So good. It's so funny because I was just talking recently about, you know, it's always the songs that are played so often that, you know, we love, mm. but because they're the ones that are played on the radio so much, can't get you out of my head, better the devil you know, right. you know don't want to say we get sick of them because that's offensive. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when they're played so often, it's not always the one you want to hear. So to have heard that so... Oh, just breathe new life definitely, into it. Definitely. Like, I, I was ready to just play that on a loop all week, and <laughs> I did. But just seeing her, I think everyone was very emotional just 
to see her perform again. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Dance Floor Darling was just... Oh. There was just so much joy and with the band, it was... Very special. Very, very special. Oh, so, so special. And, of course, we're right in the middle of celebrations for Fever's 20th birthday. Yes. Fever 20. With Can a you believe full it? full bloody vinyl reissue cassette. Oh. Before we crack open the bubbly, although I think Eliza already has. Oh, Adam, I've cracked open the lime and coconut. I'll have oh. you know. Did you drink it all up? I did, I did. Might have to call the doctor. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Some of you may actually remember, though, a few episodes back, I did mention that I used to work at Target Head Office, which, of course, is where Danny's stunning Petites range was born. Now, at the time, I had already moved into my image editing role, so wasn't really doing much product copywriting any longer, which, to be honest was a bloody relief because a retail product copy is an entirely different and often grammatically incorrect world. <laughs> but my friend in Ladies Wear knew I was a full-blown stanny and that I'd already done some ghostwriting for the project with the company for its initial online launch. So she asked me if I'd be interested in writing some product copy for items in the Danny range, specifically gorgeous shoes of the insanely healed variety and epic party-friendly handbags that you could quite literally dance around as you listened to Handbag House. I spent most of today trying to find the folder on my computer that has all of the copywriting that I did for Danny, Jean-Paul Gaultier and Masoni while I worked at Target, and I just about lost all hope when... I remembered that I had tweeted links out to Danny the day that I'd penned them and uh, because she retweeted it and responded to say that she loved him. Now, the links are sadly dead, but, and thank God for this, I was able to retrieve those two links that I tweeted to Danny back in 2015 via oh the internet miracle that is the Wayback Machine. <laughs> Does this mean that Danny was once your boss, technically? I guess you could say that, yes. <laughs> Should you put her down as a reference on your CV? <laughs> I'm just going to do that now. Excuse me for a moment. Okay. Uh, that, seems, that seems appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> That's the lifestyle of success, Lost. Adam. Oh, it, it's begun. It's begun. It took yep. a little longer tonight, didn't it? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> now, I, I think from memory I did about 15 products, copy for uh, Danny products in total. And sadly, I have only managed to find these two, but I think they'll definitely do the trick. So in the spirit of This Is Disco's obsession with song title puns, it's time for some retail storytelling, folks. Should I do this as a drinking game? Oh, maybe. I was just about to to ask you, would you like to hear the copy that I've penned for these two Daddy Petite's products? I would. I'm almost, I'm wondering if there's going to be too many that a drinking game is not a good idea. <laughs> no, no, no. There won't be too many. It's, it's, okay. it, it had to be, it still had to be retail and subtle, but not too subtle. Don't imagine you doing subtle. No, Adam. but I also had to do a lot of retail <laughs> copy. So it was like, because I found the very first product that I actually wrote for Danny and there were no song title puns in it because it was the first one that I'd written about. So it was very right. much like, Target copy, here is the lovely shoe, here is what it looks like. (laughs) You know, like it wasn't song titles, (laughs) as I got comfortable with (laughs) as the months went on. Right. So, first product, the Danny Minogue Ali Suede Heel. Quote, perfection personified. (laughs) 
Right off the bat. bat. Perfection personified, this breathtaking pair of alley suede heels from the Danny Minogue range will have you stomping with catwalk confidence. Visually stunning and ultra chic in design, these suede heels feature a pointed toe, Velcro closure, finished off with lace cut lining and a Danny Minogue logo badge on the sole. Look mighty fine in this (gasps) timeless pair of suede heels from a party jam by day, to those everlasting nights. End quote. Drop the oh. mic. Bravo. I do need to pick That's... it up again, though, because I do have a second one. <laughs> oh, oh. God. Sorry, let me go and um, grab my uh, my drinks. I need to restock. <laughs> okay, so the second is for the Danny Minogue Julia Suede High Heel in black. Oh. Quote... Whether it's the summer of love or a neon night, you'll love this stunning pair of Julia suede heels from the Danny Minogue range. Ultra stylish and classic in their design, these suede heels feature a pointed toe, crossover strap and buckle closure, and are finished off with lace cut lining and a striking Danny Minogue gold logo badge on the sole. Jump to the beat in a classic pair of heels you'll love for many seasons to come. End quote. Oh, that is... I, I'm lost for words. <laughs> so there were a few of these. <laughs> oh, my God. How many songs did you actually shoehorn in? I re- Do you remember? I can't remember, but it was a few because I managed to get like at least three or four maybe into a couple of them from like, memory. What, did, but, um, like, did you stick to a particular era? Like, did you get Oh, no, it was in? just like oh. I had like the list... Of every song basically that she'd done in alphabetical order and then was just like anything that fits highlight it and it all worked out in the end research you see incredible (laughs) oh dear Danny's music has played such an important part in my life and the strength that she's given me during times I had no fucking idea how to be strong is ridiculous Particularly the girl era, which was, for me, in high school, amidst bullying for my weight and sexuality, Danny was a constant source of power. And in all of my many run-ins with her over the years, she's always been nothing but gracious, sweet, always willing to indulge me in my bullshit, and an absolute living angel. Danny Minogue, happy birthday. You have no idea how much we all love you and how much we all wish you the most incredible year ahead. Oh, and we also bloody wish for you to make some more music, but we can chat about that on another day because this is your big day. It's not about us. It's not about us. This is about you. So we'll talk about that another time. But Eliza, what about you, my dear? I know you also have a story to share for the pre-festivities this oof. Uh, yes, well, before we get to uh, all our guests and, you know, October 20, which is Danny's, you know, big day. Yeah, queen birthday. Yeah, like I, I've been thinking about what should I share. I've I've shared stories on the pod before. Mm-hmm. I think on our girl episode, I, I spoke about how, you know, there's been a couple of in-stores when, you know, two of my grandparents had yes. just passed away and, you know, she was there for me mm-hmm. in, you know, unbeknownst to her. Right getting me through a horrible time. So, and, you know, that's been the underlying current, I think, with people we've spoken to is, you know, there's been fun stories and silly stories, but everyone's had that same thing, whether they know her or whether they've they've got through listening to her music. So, 
you know, when I just to for those of you who haven't heard our, I think it was the girl episode. Mm-hmm. I think I so. Yeah. This. I think yeah, that was, I, you talked about it briefly in the first episode. And then we went into it a bit more on the girl episode, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think, look, the, the thing that happened at the, the book signing 11 years ago, or must be nearly 12 now, um, is a really good indication of who Danny is and why everyone loves her so much yeah. and was kind of, you know, reinforced by everyone we spoke to is I went to that in-store. My grandmother had just passed away a couple of days prior. And so this was something that I was like, I actually really need to go to this mm. just, you know, have a have something good happen. Right, that was right yeah, before yeah. Christmas. And, you know, I got to the front of the queue and it was just when they were, they had let everyone take photos, but at that point it was, they were then starting to hurry people along. Yeah. And as she was signing my book, I, I said, oh, this is, it means so much to be here. My grandmother just passed away. Like I just kind of started waffling. And just then the security guard, who didn't hear any of this, yeah. said, you know, time to move it along. And she said, no, we're getting a photo. Yeah. Like she made a point of saying to him, no, absolutely not. And, you know, that meant everything yeah. to me. And, you know, she's someone who's just been there in one way or another. It was like you were saying when, when you're a kid and you're going through shitty times, mm. like, I, you know, as a kid, I, I knew that I had young talent time every Saturday night. Right, yeah. To come home to. And, you know, I, I had a pretty easy, great childhood. But, you know, th- everyone goes through tough times. Yeah. And so I started watching Young Talent Time when I was, whatever, when, it, when she started, that's when I started watching. Yeah. So, you know, and I went to the Johnny Young Talent School. And, you know, I think the first time I met her, they used to have these... um at the end of your Christmas party, it was at like a, like a hall somewhere. Right. I remember the first year I'd gone there and, you know, it was like kids running around like you would expect at a, a dance school yeah. at a Christmas party. But then the team would show up and just kind of mingle amongst oh, wow. us. And so I carried my little autograph book with me and like I've still, I'm going to show you, I don't think I've ever shown you this. So this was oh, wow. in my... Like I don't. I would have been like maybe nine. Oh my god, that's crazy! Um, so I love that you've still got it. It's amazing. Oh, I've just got everything. So and then the end of year, um, there'd be these end of year dance concerts, like you know, singing, dancing, like every sort of performance school has at the end of the year. Right. And the first half of the show was the students. So you know, each class would perform a number. Then there'd be an interview interval. And then the Young Talent team would perform oh, wow. the second. So, I mean, technically I've opened for Danny Minogue. It's <laughs> what, what I'm telling yeah, yeah, you, yeah, Adam. There you, can, you, there you go. You can also <laughs> add Danny as a reference on your CV too. I, look, I think I will. But the, the thing I do want to share, and I have mentioned this previously, and I never knew if I was going to share it on the pod. Mm. Um, as you know, I wrote to Danielle yes. back in 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote to her at Young Talent Time. We're still unsure whether the signed letter I have is signed by her or Kylie. <laughs> right, which which we did talk about in a previous episode as well. Yes, that investigation is still ongoing. <laughs> so I thought in honour of Danny's birthday right. that now is the perfect time for me to share really one of the most personal and 
I don't even know what the word is. I'm so speechless doing this. Um, This is the letter that Danny wrote me in 1985, and I have carried it with me everywhere I've gone, everywhere I've moved. It's a bit dirty. It's got some stains on it because it used to be on my wall as a kid. Are you ready? Yes, I am. I can't wait. Okay. Thank you for your letter. Sorry, I should start this by saying it's typed on a typewriter. Living. In my mind, Carol typed this. Carol typed it and Kylie signed it. And Danny dictated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a family affair. It works out in the end. Okay, let me start again. Thank you for your letter, and I am glad you enjoy the show. I am 13 and in year eight at high school. I have a sister doing her HSC. Oh, my God. Just just a sister. Just a sister. (laughs) And a brother in year 10. When I have any spare time, I like to go horse riding and swimming. How are you enjoying school? Hope you had fun during the holidays. And then the last sentence has no punctuation. It just runs. Well, I must go. Keep smiling. Bye for now. I love it. I love it. Love and it. Very that, cheery. And then, and then it's, uh, it's signed. But the fact Aww. that she asked me if I was enjoying school, like as an eight-year-old when I got this, I was like, oh, my God. That's really, like, yeah, pretty special. Yeah, I, was, I felt like she cared. Yeah. So, anyway, Aww. that's my... Danny's story between things that have happened as an adult to this when I was a kid. She's just, she's just always been there, you know? So I don't quite have the words we were talking before about what, what our message might be. And I, I'm struggling to string two words together. It's hard because there's, even like what I've said, it's just, it's not enough uh, impact to really show how important she is. To so to yeah. all of us, you know. Yeah. So I'll just say happy birthday, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because that's how I got introduced to her by a young talent mm-hmm. time. She was Danielle. Danielle. So um, anyway, yes, happy birthday, Danny. We love you. <sighs> I hope I hope you enjoy what we've put together for you. It is finally time for us to get this party jam started. It is an absolute pleasure and quite the honour to welcome our first guest onto This Is Disco. Having written the pop enthusiastic reviews of all of our faves releases in the national paper pullout hit, this man is no stranger to the beautiful world of Minogue, having interviewed both of our heroines before and currently working with one of them over at Listener. Please give a warm welcome to the legendary journalist, Cameron Adams. Long time listener, first time talker. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully the first of many to come. (laughs) Yes. So, Cameron, would you be able to tell Eliza and I maybe a fun Danny story that you have in your arsenal? I'm trying to think when my first Danny interview was um obviously i was a music journalist in a previous life and i think i think it was around 1990 maybe for like success mm-hmm. i was just like a oh wow a young gun working in street press and because everyone there was so snobby snobby no one wanted to do the pop acts so <laughs> yeah. um so yeah uh, i think that's when i that's was my first interview um and i remember interviewing her at mushroom at the old uh in Albert Park, Dundas Lane. And then, yeah, and then so over the years, kind of interviewed her a bunch of times, um, always found her, like, incredibly professional, 
she'd obviously had media training coming from young Tillon's home or just media experience. So yeah. it wasn't, you know, even when she was 18 or so in that first record, she still knew what she was doing, very smart, very switched on. So, yeah, I guess we kind of built this rapport um, and I think that she kind of liked that, you know, I sort of took her seriously as a, you mm. know, as a pop act, um, which a lot of the media probably didn't at that time. And, yeah, and so then I uh, interviewed her in the UK a few times. I went and saw her in um, Notre Dame de Paris in, oh. in the West End in London. Hello. How was that? What was that like? That was that was great. Um, I'm, yeah, you guys would know better, but I'm pretty sure she shared that role with Tina Arena. Um, yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was amazing. Like, it was her, yeah, it was like a big West End moment. It was, yeah, she was incredible. Um, so that, that was amazing. But the best night I can put on this podcast. <laughs> well, the book oh, yeah. that's G-rated, I, I, like, should, we're rated explicit, so, you know. <laughs> good, good work. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's early 1999. The, uh, I, the promotional single or the, the, the promotional trip at the time was for Everlasting Night, as you yeah. know, the, the Mardi Gras tune. I think it was on an indie label, Adam. Yeah, I think I think it was on an indie release. Was it on Shock here? Maybe, yeah. It was definitely yeah. indie. Um, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a DIY campaign. I can't remember who the publicist was, but it was all very sort of, yeah, it wasn't like the big bells and whistles thing, but it was a song she's obviously passionate about and um, had had in her arsenal for a while and this was the perfect place to um, push it. So I remember we did the interview at the Gin Palace in Melbourne, a little, a little bar, yeah, and I remember it was like late afternoon kind of thing. And I remember, like, I think we finished maybe like four o'clock, five o'clock or so, and then she was just like, and I think she'd been living in England or was still living in England, and sort of had just come back. Um, so she was kind of like, oh, what? So what? What's happening? And I'm pretty sure it was a Monday night, um, yeah. and she was, oh, so what's what's happening in Monday night in Melbourne these days? And I said, oh, well, we're going to trivia at Revolver. They do like a, a Monday night trivia. Stop it. Um, thinking, you know, just like making conversation. And she's like, oh, can I come? And <laughs> what do you say there? Right. So obviously. Oh, now to revs, Danny. <laughs> obviously you can. Um, and that, yeah, so I'm pretty sure a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure we had that, you know, they had the Thai restaurant there. I'm pretty sure there was food involved. And it was in the, it was in the front room, this trivia, so where the band, band room is. Right, yep. Um, and she was kind of like, you know, no one really recognised her. You know, she doesn't. She's not the sort of person that, you know, there's no entourage, there's no security. You know, she doesn't, you know, cause a scene. Pretty low maintenance. Um, yeah, so she just joined our team, and oh I remember God. that there was it was, it was one of those um, trivia's where it's interactive, which I hate. Like you know, when they want people to get up and yeah, and, I hate that too. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. So. <laughs> Other stuff was fine. All the questions fine, um, but then I remember at the end and and repeating. No one knew who she was or that she was there. Kind of thing. It was all just like another team. Mm-hmm. And then one of the interactive questions was um, seeing the Young Talent Time <gasps> theme, as in like all my oh, loving. Oh no! Totally <laughs> unplanned. And so me being a pest. It was like, <laughs> you have to get up and sing it. And she just looked at me, this gave me that Minogue glare and went, no. 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get them an eyebrow as well? I got, I got, I got the, I got the shutdown. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't think we won from memory, but, but you know, I was the winner that night, guys. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. What a <laughs> night! Clearly, clearly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Was there more going out afterwards? No, I, I remember it was a Monday night, and then you know. There probably wasn't a lot else to do, really. But um, yeah, it was. It was that was a night out, and I think oh God, there's been there was there was a wilder night out. I'd like to just sort of PG this down a little bit, but um, it didn't. Well, that. well, it was it was AGT early, so whenever that was when yeah. it was, I think it might have been her first year of AGT, uh, and it was a Logies after party at the Langham Hotel in Southbank. And I remember that there was a lot of alcohol consumed by everyone. Um, and, yeah, and I got to see, like, Tipsy Danny on the dance floor. And it was, it was Amazing. Spectacular. What was she dancing to? Well, podcast friend Luke Denny was there. Um, oh, yeah, he's got, he's got a story. I think the part two of this story is the story he's going to be sharing with us. Correct. Well, <laughs> he's, I, already, I he's already mentioned it. I don't want to spoil his story, but it does involve ties. Yes, that's what he mentioned. <laughs> yep. So I got like the trivia Danny and then saw Disco Danny in full effect. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Sheesh. Now we have to ask you as well, um, and we haven't really given you any time to think about this, but it's one of those things that you just, you just kind of know off the top of your head. Favourite Danny track, go. It can be a remix. It can be anything. No rules. If you just had to pick one. Top of my head, I would say a disremembrance because it's like it's just it just like it's just classic Danny, isn't it? It's like everything you love about Danny in under four minutes. Yeah. Um, and then what is it's you can't forget about me, but there's that like a Ibiza chill mix. It's a really laid back kind of which is which was I think um, incredible because that song is an absolute banger obviously mm. but then to still work in that really laid back style Damon Ogue, Cameron Adams here, happy 50th. I think it says a lot that you have a whole podcast dedicated to you and you deserve it and toast to you, lady. So, Cameron, where can the listeners find you online through the socials? Thank you for asking, Adam. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at Cameron underscore Adams. And, look, Instagram, I'm on I'm Cameron Adams Oz, as in OZ, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm doing a bit of writing for a, a, a podcast called uh, Danny Minogue 90s on the listener app. Oh. Sorry, Danny, Danny who? Let me just, <laughs> I want to write this, make sure I got the spelling correct. Yeah, so there's a bit of crossover there if anyone's keen to have a bit of a listen. Mm. Oh. Excellent. So on the listener app. Listener app, exclusive. Excellent. Thank you so much, Cameron, for joining us on This Is Disco. It's been such a pleasure having you on, and I'm sure we'll have you back on very soon, fingers crossed. Thank you very much. My pleasure, guys. Absolutely.
our next guest is my dearest friend and ultimate Judy, Benatar, who I met in grade prep, uh, now, which you will know, Eliza, that was only about five years ago. Thank you very much. Yes. Right now on This Is Disco's Danny 50th birthday party jam, we are joined by my dearest friend in the world, someone who went with me to every single Danny meet and greet and appearance in Melbourne. Please give a big woo to the wonderful Benatar. Hello, my dear. How are you? I am good. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, what a joyous occasion it is, and we're celebrating Danny's birthday in true style on the pod. But uh, Ben, collectively, we've got so many Danny stories that we could share with the listeners, but I'm particularly keen for you to share the story behind your meet and greet experience at the Melbourne book signing for Danny's autobiography, My Story. Well, that's happened at Chanston, the fashion capital, Mm -hmm. Danny being the uh, fashion icon, a very appropriate place. Of course. I think if anyone's read the book, they might remember one of the chapters was entitled Vagina Days and Neon Nights, which, you know, me being me, that's the the, uh, chapter I'm going to (laughs) remember. Obviously, the Vagina Days is, for anyone who doesn't know, is referring to her time doing the vagina monologues. Yes. I think Neon Nights is an album, right? I think so. I've heard think, some, yeah, yeah, some yeah, murmurings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a little album that you might remember. Yeah, yeah. But I obviously thought I want that chapter signed. Right, of course. I don't want the title page. I want Vagina Days, Neon Nights with Danny Minogue's signature. <laughs> so obviously waiting in lines, lots of people. And I go up to her and I just kind of smiled and I'm like, can you sign this for me? I don't know, I just had a weird accent there. but um, And then she she just kind of looked at it and then smiled. And then I think her quote was, every book should have the word vagina in it. <laughs> and just hearing Danny Minogue in that beautiful voice say vagina oh. really... I think it was around Christmas time, so it really was the gift of the season for me. (laughs) Oh, my God, that is so brilliant. It never gets old every time. (laughs) And I think, like, and she had her assistant there, so we were talking about it. And, you know, she said vagina quite a number of times, so it was just like inside I was just, my heart was fluttering just hearing the word (laughs) vagina come out of Danny Minogue's mouth. Oh my God, that was such a glorious day. (laughs) So many good run-ins with Danny, haven't we? Like the GH uh, performance, which who knew that that was going to be like, I think the last performance that we saw at that venue from a pop star. Yeah, it didn't last much longer after that from memory, but what a way to go out. Queen of the clubs. Queen of the clubs in what was one of the best clubs in Melbourne. Gosh. I know. I still miss that place. Oh, same. We waited outside. Uh, uh, it was like at least like an hour and a half, I think, before she found out that we were outside in the cold and made <laughs> us come in for our photos and to get stuff signed. Amazing. She's always been one of the most accommodating pop stars, I think, that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Just, um, yeah, always takes the time to meet fans and be nice. And, um, yeah, which is, you know, I think, I appreciate that, and yeah. they don't have to do that. But so I can't falter on that. 
No, not at all. I, I Even like when we went to go, Australia's Got Talent, and during all the breaks when she was like sending her assistant to go get the, the hard copy of Club Disco, which hadn't come out yet, so yeah, she didn't show yeah. us the artwork and stuff, like she was always very, very receptive, but also remembered us. Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a woman. Queen. We love her. Love, love, love her. Oh, my dear Ben, thank you so much for sharing this story with us on this very special 50th birthday celebration for Danny on This Is Disco. I couldn't have uh, done the episode without having this story on there, I'm telling you now. (laughs) Vagina days and neon nights. Vagina days and neon nights, Eliza. (laughs) Look, um... We've spoken about fisting on the pod before, <laughs> so I it was really only a matter of time before we uh, moved on to female genitalia. Right, so right. happy, happy, happy about this. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ben, for stopping by and sharing that amazing story from the book sign here. <laughs> <laughs> Just stunning. <laughs> This next guest actually worked with Danny on her Australian releases through the Hits and Beyond era and is one of the most wonderful and supportive people this industry has been lucky enough to have. She's the queen of exposed media and was once the princess of Central Station Records. Please welcome Melbourne's delightful Angie Young. Happy birthday to the amazing Danny Minogue. I can't believe you're turning 50. You definitely don't look it and you certainly don't act it, which is how it should be because, you know, you're the disco queen and club queen and that's going to be your title forever. Um, I hope you have an incredible time with your family and your loved ones and your friends and I'm sure that you'll get lots of love from all your fans in Australia and from around the globe. Everyone loves you, Dan. You're amazing. Uh, Whenever I hear a disco tune, I think of you. You just just embody everything that is class. You're the hardest working person that I know, and you're loyal, you're incredible, you're humble and down to earth, and you're just a beautiful person inside and out, and that's why everyone loves you. So wishing you lots of love today and always, and have an incredible year ahead. And I can't wait to be at a gig or on a dance floor with you guys soon and celebrating your birthday in fine form. And uh, hopefully that's soon. Have a wonderful birthday. Happy birthday. Much love and kisses. Bye. Please welcome our next guest. The wonderful Shayna. Happy birthday, Danny. I can't believe I'm saying 50 when you actually look 30, but you are such an incredible person that I have admired you professionally for years, adore you as a friend, and wish you all the best celebrations for now and another 50 ahead. Speaking of the Hits and Beyond era, friend of the pod and all-round music knowledge wizard, Anthony in Brisbane, left us a really emotional voice message about the particular impact Danny has had not only on his life, but also to one particular angel in his life. This this was really touching and I definitely bored like a babby the first time I listened to it, so please do brace yourselves and welcome the wonderful Anthony onto This Is Disco. Anthony, who actually has um, supplied us with an extensive <laughs> folder full of Danny gifts. So <laughs> half of the, da- not, not the Danny gifts. Not even exaggerating, like. 
Yeah. Some of the gifts you would have seen over the past, you know, six to nine months uh, of Danny on our uh, Twitter account. Thank you to Anthony. And, in fact, I think it's you and Anthony where I first heard the term Stanny. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it definitely came from this group, that group of gays. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, very important to have Anthony on the pod. Definitely, definitely. One of my favourite Danny moments is a little sad, but it's happy sad, and that's why I'm really keen to share it with you. I had a friend called Nicky, and he used to spell his name N-I-K-K-I-I because he believed so deeply in Danny that she was a superstar and that he was a superstar that he would spell his name in her honour. Nikki was amazing, super talented, really creative, and he really lived a life. It was a short life, but he really packed so much in. Towards the end when Nikki got sick, he was in a hospice. His parents came down from regional Queensland to take care of him and he would go to the hospital every day for treatment. He was living with complications from HIV. One of the ways that he coped and that I coped was that I would take over my Hits and Beyond 2CD edition and we would just spend our time together obsessing about Danny, fangirling and fanboying about Danny. So we would put on the DVD and we would just marvel at her. Every song was our favourite. Every video was our favourite. Every look, every move. She could do no wrong. I thought I was a big Danny fan. I was standing still next to Nicky. Like he worked so hard at being a Danny fan. And God, he loved her. He worshipped her. We would spend lots of afternoons just doing that. And, you know, it was kind of amazing. We didn't talk about him being sick. We did, but it wasn't everything. We would spend our time talking about Danny. And it was really great because it got him out of his head, out of his body, and into a special space where it was about music and joy and creativity and love, it was about Danny. Danny doesn't know what she did for Nikki, but she really got him through that tough time. He got out of the hospice and he got a little bit better. He did pass a short time after that, but the whole Hits and Beyond era is so imprinted on me and my friendship with Nikki because she just brought him so much joy. He was so happy. Whenever we would spend our afternoons together, it was a highlight for him, a highlight of his week. Not because I was there, but because Danny was there. And that together, we could share in that and we could love her together. So Danny, thank you. You meant a lot to Nikki. You mean a lot to me too. But Nikki really, really loved you and you really got him through a tough time. Sometimes people can be cavalier about pop music. They can write it off. It's fluff. It's nonsense. But when you really love an artist and you love the work that they do, it's healing. It makes you better. It makes your life better. And that's what Danny did for Nikki. And that's what she's always done for me. So thank you, Danny. Happy birthday. 
I wish you so much love and so much joy. Thank you. This next guest is a legitimate star in her own right. An icon, a legend, and a goddess who sings, acts, and co-hosts a groundbreaking podcast and is also a comedian. Thank you very much. I'm a huge fan, Eliza's a huge fan, and this fierce diva is also a friend of the pod. Eliza, who is it that you're about to have a little chat with? I am about to chat with the beautiful Trana Winter, the Queen of Montreal. Oh, adore Trana so much. No words. Absolutely love her. Have known her for about a decade via the socials, Mm. and it's been such an honour to watch her star rise right, yes. in that time. So absolute thrill to have her on Talking All Things Denny. Welcome to This Is Disco, Ms. Trana Winter. I'm so excited. I love this podcast so much. Um, so it's truly a thrill. Now, you and I first met on Twitter almost 10 years ago when Madonna was doing a Q&A, but uh, <laughs> that's probably for another podcast. But one of the first things um, I remember after, you know, you and I started talking was how Danny was already following you. Now, given your Montreal-based how how did someone in Montreal find Danny Minogue? Um, well, I first found Danny because when I was in high school in the early 2000s, that's when Kylie Fever Mania was happening. And that did right. reach over to Canada. And I became, you know, a super big Kylie fan. And I was on the original Say Hey forum um, when I was a teen. So that's how I got to know about like so much UK and European pop music, even outside of Kylie. And it was on that forum that I like learned that she had a sister who also does music and, you know, started to listen to some of that and... But this was still before, like, YouTube was a really... YouTube might have not even... No, YouTube did not exist at that point. So it was like finding Danny stuff on Napster or LimeWire. <gasps> oh, like, my God. Like, that was the only way to get it. Um, like, that you couldn't find things like a CD in a store? No, because Danny's stuff had never been released in Canada. Right. Um. So there was really... And I was a kid, so, like... It, yeah, I didn't have a credit card to, like, buy stuff on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> like, so my Danny access was, like, really limited until Neon Nights came out. Right. Um, and I remember just being, like, everyone so excited about that album. And surprisingly, I don't know how or why, um, but Neon Nights got a domestic release in Canada. It got a specifically Canadian release. Did it? Oh, is um, that with the French? Oh, no, that was later. The It didn't have the French, uh, Who Do You Love Now? Est-ce que tu m'aimes encore? Um, but it did have, like, three enhanced music videos. Oh. It was an enhanced CD. <laughs> oh, love those. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I bought that. That was my first Danny CD. And then even more surprisingly, Danny actually came to Canada to promote the album. Did she? Um, yeah, she did. She did a small promotional tour in Canada. I think it was basically just Montreal and Toronto. And I think she did some stuff in New York. 
Um, but from Montreal. And so at this point, I also joined the Danny Forum. Danny's official website used to have a forum. And the webmaster, um, I, if memory serves me correctly, his name was Nathan. And I think at one point, like Nathan became Danny's assistant and like actually became like involved in her career. And he started off as like a super fan. And this is a side note. Do you remember the, the, the like super deluxe editions of Girl and Neon Knights that came yeah, out yeah, a few yeah. years ago? Yeah. Like he, he was the one that like packaged that um, together. Right. So he would be the one sort of like constantly like updating the news and like managing the website. So long story short, I found out that she's coming to Montreal and in Montreal, we have our sort of Quebec um, MTV, which is called Music Plus. Um, <laughs> so in Canada, our MTV is much music, um, oh, yes, yes, yes. which is much more well known. But Quebec has its own offshoot of much music called Music right. Plus. And, you know, like much music, they would do sometimes these like specials where like a guest would be live in studio and there'd be this like hour special with them. So that's what Danny did. Like she <gasps> came to Montreal. She went, she was at Music Plus. She did this like full hour interview and two performances. And I just, I was, I was 15. Oh my God. And I remember being, and I lived in the suburbs and the Music Plus like studio is downtown. Um, and like at that point in my life, like going downtown was like a thing, you know what I mean? Right, like it, yeah. was, it was special. It wasn't this thing that like happened like every day or every week. Um, anyway, when they made that announcement, I was like furiously trying to figure out like, how do I attend and I remember um, emailing Music Plus and it was really simple. And they just like added me and my friend um, to the list. And we went that day and I was like so nervous. I just remember, I don't know why, like it makes no sense looking back on it, but I was so nervous. I didn't really know what to expect. I'm like, are we going to get to meet her or is she just going to like, you know, go in and out? Like we really didn't know what to expect. So we got there. They brought all of us into the studio. There weren't that many of us, but there, it, it was like a decent turnout. Like it wasn't like no one knew who Danny was and there were only five people. Like there yeah, were a yeah. good, like, t- I would say there was like a good 20 to 30 people. And like, like it's set up in this like sort of corner of the studio that's like right on St. Catherine, which is like the main street in downtown Montreal. So like, and it's all windows, the corner of the building. So even people walking by can like see in and, and all of that Oh, like stuff. kind of like TRL? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so like, it was cool to see that like, there were, there was actually like people for Danny because at this point, like she wasn't well known in Canada and, you know, like none of the, the, like I begin to wonder was played on a couple of the music stations here, like the video, especially. Right. Um, but it, it never turned into like a big hit. Um, but anyway, we're, we're brought into the studio. It's like, there's a, you know, like a little sofa and chair set up for Danny. Mm-hmm. And there are these like, you know, like benches and seats, like around those chairs. 
And so we're like, we're all just sitting there. And then like Danny, there's like this staircase, this like second floor in the studio. And Danny is just like brought in, like she just like walks down the stairs. Everyone is really calm. Like, but I was freaking (laughs) out because I had never met a celebrity before at this point. And like, you know that like, I'm, you know, very celebrity obsessed, especially with the people that I love, you know? And and at this point, like I was beyond obsessed with Neon Nights. Like, I can't even tell you how obsessed I was with that album. I think even at that point, like I was more obsessed with Neon Nights than I was with Body Language, you know? Like Neon Nights, I like fucking loved so much. So like, I was so Danny obsessed at this point <laughs> that like, I, I was I going I don't know this mind. story. I cannot believe I don't yeah. know this story. Anyway, continue. So, so Danny comes down the stairs. This is like a few minutes before the show actually starts, you know? So they're like miking her um, and she can see all of us. And we're like right there. And I swear to you, like, she just picked up on my energy and that I was like this like super fan. And she like came right up to me and like, we just said like, hi. And I was like shaking. And I think she even like took my hands and like held my hands. And like, she was just so nice and like unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah, Like she had her like long black hair at this point. Um, she was wearing, I think it was the exact same skirt that she's wearing on the I Begin to Wonder single cover, the short floral skirt. Yeah. Did she have a pack you know of she... um, chips with her as well? No, she did not. <laughs> and like, I remember her shirt, like it was this like black shirt and in the back, it was all like slashed and you could see this, like the straps of her like neon orange bra um, in the back. Amazing, amazing. And she was wearing these like super high shoes, um, but like obviously so petite, you yeah. know, like so tiny and just, just so fucking gorgeous and yeah. smelled so good. <laughs> and I just remember just like really fucking losing my mind. So we had our little moment before the show started And then, you know, they like bring her to sit on, you know, the seat that she's sitting on for the show. I end up basically being like kind of right behind her. And so like for the whole show, like I think I still have the VHS somewhere. Like you can see me like right behind Danny, like the whole time. Just sniffing her hair. Just sniffing her (laughs) hair. Exactly. And um, during the commercial breaks, like she was so like friendly and interactive and like, we were able to like go up to her and like get our CDs signed like during the commercial break. And I had brought Neon Nights for her to sign. And at that point I also had um, her Australian compilation album, The Singles. Um, Yeah, so I got both of those signed and she, yeah, it was just so nice. And then the show ended she did two performances during the show as well. She did put the needle on it and mm-hmm. I begin to wonder. So it was really, so for those performances, they like brought her over to this like separate part of the studio. And like, we all just like stood around her. Like, like there wasn't really a stage. Like we were, she was just on the ground. We were on the ground. We were all just standing around her and like getting to watch her perform. And oh it was God. so I've got to find fun. it. I've, I've got, is this online anywhere? 
No, but I, I, like I said, I think I still have the VHS. I have to dig it up. Although I have no idea how to convert a VHS recording. Oh, I think you just have to. But maybe it. what I'll do is I'll just, because I still have a VCR. So like I'll pop in the VHS and I'll just fill my TV screen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, super lo-fi. Yeah. Um, so then the show ended and Danny like hung around after. I, I even met her manager, Hillary Shaw at the time. Um, who was like so nice. And again, like, I think Danny just like immediately picked up on the fact that like, I was such a genuine, like super fan. And I'm sure on some level, she was surprised that there was like this 15 year old Canadian kid who was (laughs) like a diehard fan. And after the show, like we got to talk some more and like, I gave, I brought her this like little teddy bear as a (gasps) present. And I just like, yeah, I just got to tell her one last time, you know, like, just like, and I remember her just like really hugging me and me just being like, I love you so much. Oh my God. (laughs) And then, okay, so this is, so, you know, that's the whole experience. It went beyond my wildest dreams of what it could be. I was just so fucking, I was on cloud nine that day. And, um, the real weird part is that a few months later, so Danny at the time, like through her website, she had a mailing list and she used to do this like newsletter, like that she like wrote herself, like just, you know, sort of like diary style, like here's what's going on for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it lasted all that long, you know, but like during the sort of Neon Nights promo era, she was doing that. And so a couple of months after this amazing, you know, like Montreal show in her newsletter, because also the sad thing is that like this was like I didn't have a digital camera. There weren't smartphones. So like I don't have a picture with her, you know. Um, But so anyway, months later, I received the latest edition of her newsletter and she talks about her Canadian promo trip. And there's a picture of her in the newsletter in the back of a limo holding the bear that I gave <gasps> her. Stop it. And, and in the newsletter, she wrote, um, a fan in Montreal gave me this teddy bear. And she's like, um, this person made me feel so at home and so <gasps> welcome in Montreal. Like she like spoke about our little encounter in her oh newsletter. My God. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I got a random DM from Nathan asking me for my address. This was around Christmas. And um, yeah, he he just asked me for like my like my information. And Danny sent me like two autographed postcards that I didn't even ask for. Like she my God, she got him to like get my info to pass along (gasps) to her. Like, how nice is that? Oh, my God, she is the best, the best. And then cut to like many years later after that, when Twitter became a thing. Right. I tweeted the picture of her in the limo with the bear. And I was oh. like, Danny, I don't know if you'll remember. No, sorry. This happened before that. I had written this blog. At the time I was blogging, this was like, I don't know, 2009, 2010. Yep. And I had written this blog post. I don't even remember what it was about. It wasn't even about Danny. It was, I think it was this like sort of comedic essay about like romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I was really trying to like get traction on my blog. And I just sent it to Danny just like that, thinking like, Danny, you would get a kick out of this, you know? And somehow she like actually saw it and like retweeted it. And I remember it was like my most read blog post ever. Wow. And so when that little interaction happened, I sent her the picture of her with the bear. And I'm like, Danny, there's no way you'll remember this. But I'm the person who gave <gasps> you that bear when you came to Montreal. And she remembered. Oh, and then no that's way. why she started following me back. Oh, my God. I've always wanted to know how that came about. Yeah. So it's all, thanks to, it's all thanks to the bear and that moment that we had in Montreal. And, you know, like through Twitter and like she follows me on Instagram as well, like Obviously, it would be a stretch to say that we're friends, but in oh. my mind, it's like, you know, we're we're friends. Just um, just stretch. Make that stretch. Yeah. Stretching's good for you. <laughs> yeah. But like we have like, I know she's super busy, but like we have DM like a little bit, you know, every now and then over the years. And like, you know, I remember a few times like her like like shouting me out on Twitter and like getting people to follow me and being like, Tran is a great performer. Like yeah, she's yeah. just like, I just fucking love Danny to the moon and back. Yeah. Honestly, like I adore her. I think both her and Kylie have this in common and maybe with Danny, it's even a little extra, but just that like love and openness to the fans and, and understanding the meaning of that relationship yeah. and really respecting it and cherishing it and celebrating it. And, you know, I think that Danny feels that love and it's reciprocated and, you know, that just makes me like so happy that we as mm. fans like get to have this interaction with someone who like really cares. Yeah. Wow. That is an amazing <laughs> story. And I cannot believe 10 years later, I've never heard this story. I really thought I had told you that in the past. I, but, but I kind of love this. You know, when you like have known someone for ages and then you find out new stuff. Like, I think it's, I love that. Now, very important question. What is your favorite Danny track? Yeah, I, my favorite Danny song is It's Amazing on the Girl album. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Choice. I don't know why that song from the first time that I heard it. Um, and I remember, again, at the time, like, the only way for me to get Danny was, like, LimeWire, and I downloaded Girl and made myself, like, a burned CD. And I used to play that on my head, on my Sony Discman all the time. And that, <laughs> <laughs> that song just, like, always got to me. I just love that song so much. Yeah. I mean, I think when I think of Danny, I think of like, I think of her as a girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think of that. I think of like, you won't forget about me music video. Yes, and I was just, just like, about to say that. <laughs> to me, that's like the epitome of what Danny represents. Like fun, like girlfriend and, you know, just, I don't know. There's this very captivating magnetic energy that she has about her. 
yeah. um, that I just feel so pulled into, you know? And I love the music, of course, but I love her as a person. Yeah. Like, she is someone that I just... I mean, I need to hang out with her properly before I die. <laughs> like, that, yes. that needs to happen. And yeah, I, I think like the, you know, the Minogues together represent pop escapism and glitter and fun. But I think what I love about them so much is that there is also a depth to these women, you know, yeah. whether it's through their music or just through who they are, like there's a real depth to them. These are not like ditzy airhead pop girls. You know, these are like mm. women of substance. Yeah. And I really love that. Um, but before you go, where can everyone find you online? What are you up to? Um, you know, plug um, yourself. <laughs> I mean, people can find me in the usual places. For my best self, you can find me on Instagram at Trana Winter. And for my worst self, you can find me on Twitter at Trana Winter. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I also have a podcast called Chosen Family, which is available on all podcast platforms. Absolutely obsessed. Well, thank you so, so much for being part of our Danny 50th birthday celebration. Danny's party jam. Love and kisses to you, lovely. I've had such a good time. I don't want to lose this feeling. Oh! So our next guest, Adam, finally, um, given we mention him pretty much every single episode because he features in so many um, of my Minogue stories, um, is someone I met back in 1998. Mm -hmm. He is an entertainment jack of all trades. You would have read his stuff in the paper, Mm -hmm. seen him on the TV, heard him on the radio. He is everywhere and one of the loveliest people. I have the pleasure of calling a friend, Mr. Luke Dennehy. Welcome to This Is Disco's Danny Party Jam, Luke Dennehy. Oh, it's so exciting. I, I, I hear I've been mentioned on this podcast a couple of times, so it really is an honour to be here. Thank you, Eliza. Now, we're celebrating Danny's birthday, of course, and I believe her birthday is one day before yours, so happy birthday to you. Now, we're talking to all our party guests about their favourite Danny moments. So anything you want to share at all? I've got a couple, actually. So I, I was a journalist at Herald Sun for 20 years. and But actually before that, you know, I think about 1994 was the first time I saw Danny. I don't know if you remember a show called Take 40 Australia that was filming Nana yes. Wadding. Did you go? Yes, with Eden, <laughs> Eden Gahar. Yes, Eden Gahar. Yes, and I used yes. to go. We used to get the bus with my girls from Hillsville High School and we'd go. And one, I think it was This Is It. Danny was hosting the night and she sang This Is It. Can you believe it? And Take That were actually there on the same night. So it was quite (gasps) an amazing night, Danny and Take That. And I think, I don't know if Belinda Carlisle was there. That night it might have been another night. But anyway, Take That, I saw Danny, but I'm pretty sure Danny and Take That were there the same night and she was singing This Is It. That was the first time. Of course, I've always loved Danny. And then I think the, the next time I remember when I moved out of um, home and I was living in um, West Brunswick and listening to this, um, All I Want to Do on Hits FM was such a big show. And I loved Danny. And, of course, then I became a journalist for the Herald Sun. And it wasn't until 2007 I met her first at a very iconic event in Melbourne, the Good Friday Appeal, where Danny oh. was making her comeback 
to Melbourne and what better place than the Good Friday appeal uh, and um, Channel <laughs> 7, she'd signed Australia's Got Talent and that was her first year and at that time, I don't know if you remember, she was massive in the UK because of the X Factor. So mm-hmm. Simon Cowell got her to do Australia's Got Talent. And of course, they get her to do some promo. And I was so nervous. And I'm not really nervous when I speak to people I'm interviewing, but because of those memories I had of Danny and and that, especially that Take 40 Australia one, which was so special back when I was so young. And and so anyway, she was lovely. And then if, I think it was two months later, it would, would have been May at the Logies. And, you know, this was a, a time before smartphones. So no one had social media, which was actually a great thing. <laughs> anyway, we all went to the after party. And at that stage, because I think because there was no social media, they invited all the journos along. And it was a Channel 7 after party at the Langham Hotel upstairs, you know, the old-fashioned buffet, so very Melbourne. And probably would have been one in the, one in the morning. We'd all, you know, had a big night. And just everyone was so joyous and it was just a different era, you know, in, in yeah. entertainment and, you know, here we are in COVID and it's just like, wow, this even happened. So we're all on the dance floor, including, including your friend Cameron Adams, who's a big supporter of the podcast, and I can't remember who else. And literally we're all in a circle. There would have been about mainly men. I think there's your tomboys and who else, you know, whoever else were they designed a dress about probably 30 guys in a circle. And Danny was in the middle and she went, all, <gasps> all of us. And got everyone's tie, including my own. Can you imagine? I was like a bit starstruck, had a few drinks. Oh, you know me. my God. And she got her all of our ties and put them on herself. I don't know if it was a party trick that she'd done at parties before. <laughs> so, and then dance around in the middle. And, you know, it was such a joyous moment because really we were welcoming Danny back to Melbourne and to the yeah. lady. It's such a Melbourne thing. And, yeah, so, you know, and she's achieved so much. And here we were welcoming, welcoming back such an incredible Australian to um, and, and to Melbourne and here she was like partying with us and then the funny thing is I was writing the uh, gossip column the Herald Sun at the time and I was very nice about it because it was, it was a hilarious moment so I wrote a little piece and then she saw that and she um, she rang me up actually and it was a private number <laughs> I'm like who's this and it was Danny and she's like oh my god I've read your piece that's hilarious I'm so sorry I'm, I found all the ties the next day and I'm, yours is with a Channel 7 publicist Oh, my God, I'm just mortified. And I said, don't worry, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. Actually, I remember oh. you calling me about this. Yes. Now that you're saying that. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, she was hilarious because she got the, you know, the thing with the Minogues and Danny in, and in the media in Melbourne is that we're also supportive, which I actually really love. Like, yeah. you know, they've copped it before in the tabloids, but I think in Melbourne especially because that's a hometown, we let them do their thing and, and I think she just appreciated the hilarious aspect of it. Like it wasn't yeah. malicious at all what I wrote. And and it was actually one of those unbelievable moments. And I'll never forget it. Her tracks for me, and she's turning 50, are incredible. And I think very groundbreaking in the dance world. I mean. Oh, absolutely. And it's really underrated, I think. So when she came back to Melbourne, she was a huge star in the UK because of the X Factor. And we we're ready to embrace her again and, and welcome her back because I think they did face, but she did face a bit of backlash back in the day. And that's probably why, unfortunately, she went to the UK and, you know, that tall poppy syndrome probably exists. But that night for me at the Logies was just a pure example of joy and Danny's mm-hmm. back in Melbourne. And really, I think she's been here most years since. I mean, she's worked overseas, but she's, you know, um, raised her son here and stuff and we've embraced her and, and welcomed her and, and it's just amazing. So happy birthday, Danny. It's an incredible 
time for you. Um, I'm sure she'd have a big party if she could, like that day. <laughs> well, this is what this is why we're having a party on the pod. Oh, because we're in we're in lockdown, so this is yeah. all we've got. So yeah, yes, but you know, and 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 as I said incredibly professional with um, media and Cameron Adams would say the same. And I think Danny could teach a lesson or two for the young ones out there, you know, who, who, who are on their social media and stuff, but she always had time for us. And, you know, I think none of us will ever forget that. And it kind of started for most of the Melbourne media when she returned from the UK in 2007 and it was that mm-hmm. And we were like, wow, this is amazing. Now, quick question before you go, Luke. What is your favourite Danny song? Can be a remix, can be a cover, anything. So, yes, um, my favourite Danny track probably is Who Do You Love Now 2003 because I love the trance world at that stage and I remember hearing it at summer days at the Sydney My Music Bowl, which ironically she was there singing. She wasn't there, but of course we remember that famous time her and Kylie sang. How oh, yes. At the same venue and I heard it and it was thousands of people and just like, wow, this is a Danny Minogue song because I was really into my dance music back here and everyone was going off. And the other one I actually think is underrated is Baby Love. Love that. Yeah. Love baby Very, love. I think, forward thinking for Danny. A bit of an R&B kind of sound. And if you listen to that now, I think that's a really underrated track. So I would say yeah. those two. But I do love the whole um, Disremembrance is another favourite and that All I Want to Do era because for me that was 1998. Eliza and I were hitting the clubs and we were lip dancing away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, of course, the other time and, and, you know, a lot of us, maybe you were um, one of the other moments, of course, was, was um, Twister, where she may have worn my cowboy hat in 1998. So that that era for me sticks. To live in the public eye for that long is such an incredible achievement and to mm. do it with her dignity and class yeah. is amazing. So it's incredible. I hope she has a happy birthday, whatever she is doing in lockdown or wherever she is. Thank you very, very much again for coming on to This Is Disco and sharing your favourite, uh, to quote Cameron, Danicdote. And um, love and kisses to you. Hi, guys. It's DJ Dan Murphy from Sydney here. Uh, Thank you very much for doing a very special birthday episode for our Danny. I am in love with everything about that idea. So my little story about how I met Danny um, and became a blubbering mess is goes something like this. It was at the Beresford in Sydney, um, Penny Tration and Minnie Cooper, a couple of drag queens, ran a gay bingo and they had a special night, a fundraiser night called Danny Bingo, where Danny was the special guest. And it was upstairs at the Beresford, it was absolutely chock-a-block and the all three of them were on stage for the whole time calling numbers and having chit-chats and jokes and it was just... It was really funny and fun and relaxed and she's such a professional and so easy to riff with the girls and, um, yeah, it was just great. But in the break, Penny came over. um, She was doing the rounds of the tables and she came over to say hi and she goes, oh, Dan, do you want to meet Danny? And I was like, oh, um, oh, uh, 
oh, yeah? And so she took me upstairs and it's a lot of stairs to get up to the green room at the Beresford. So by the time I get to the top of the stairs, I'm absolutely out of breath from not only walking up the stairs, but excitement. And then I meet Danny and I'm and Penny, God bless her, gives me the best intro. She made me sound like the Mother Teresa of gay DJs, which I was fine with. But um, she introduced me to Danny and I'm huffing and puffing and just like, oh, hi, my name's Dan, nice to meet you. And we're chatting away and she's obviously used to talking to people that can't string a sentence together because they're starstruck. And she was just so easy and relaxed and chatted away. And for some reason, I wanted to tell her my favourite song is Someone New, which is a B-side of the Coconut CD single released in Australia. And it's like this really uplifting, clubby, like late 90s, almost a little bit trancy, maybe high energy handbag heaven track. So I've always loved it. And I just wanted to tell her how much I loved it. So I said, oh my God, I just wanted to tell you my favourite song of yours is Everlasting Night. And I didn't realise I'd said Everlasting Night. And she starts telling me all about it. And she says, oh, well, I recorded that for this and made it with this person. And we did the video down at Home Nightclub and da-da-da-da-da. And halfway through it, I'm like, there was no video for this. And in my brain, I've gone, oh, God, I said Everlasting Night instead of something new. And my mouth goes, oh, no, it's not Everlasting Night. It's someone new. And she just look, kind of looks at me and then doesn't skip a beat. And she goes, oh, I wrote that with this person. And oh, it was a really fun song to do. And um, oh, my God, you should chat to him. He's a really nice guy. And you'd have so much in common. And da 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 And I'm just looking at her like I, I probably looked at her like I had an aneurysm or something wrong. There was something wrong with me, um, which, well, <laughs> to be fair, probably there was. But um it was it would have lasted, I don't know, 60 seconds or so, the chit-chat. But for me, it felt like it lasted an hour. And I was so happy, but also so embarrassed at the same time. And uh, I think, Eliza, you might have mentioned in a previous episode that you wouldn't know what to say when you met her. Well, case in point, I thought I would know what to say when I met her, but um, I did not know what to say or what I wanted to say did not come out. So, um <laughs> There you go. But that was my meeting of Danny. I've got a photo. I'll see if I can track it down and and tweet it to you. I just wanted to say thank you so much for the podcast. I absolutely love it. And especially this last month where we've had a an extra bonus episode with Steve. So it's all been really great and keep up the great work. And of course, happy birthday, Danny. Bye. Love you lots. Bye.
Thank you so much for stopping by, DJ Dan Murphy. And what a delight to hear from Luke as well, Eliza. Oh, a delight to hear from both of them. And, you know, I I loved hearing Dan's story. I mean, any story that opens with, I was at the Beresford. (laughs) You know you're in for a treat. Our next guest is another icon herself, having won the fifth season of X Factor under Team Danny. This fellow Pocket Rocket also went on to be absolutely robbed at the 2016 Eurovision Song Contest when she did not win with the winner in my eye song, Sound of Silence. Yes, folks. Robbed. Oh, my God, right? Can't believe I'm about to say this, but please welcome the incredible Dami Im onto This Is Disco. Thank you so much for joining Eliza and I on this very special Danny 50th birthday celebration. How are you? I'm good. Very excited. Thanks for having me. Welcome to to Danny's party. It's our virtual uh, drop by uh, ongoing celebration for Danny. (laughs) That's so cool. I'm sure she'd love that. Long, long birthday. I know. (laughs) It's what she deserves, quite frankly, uh, Danny. So, would you be able to share maybe a great Danny story that you have um, locked away that no one's heard maybe before? Mm, A great Danny story. So many great stories. I, I mean, I love, I, my favorite memory with her was going to my home country of Korea with her. Yes. And we got, we got to do so many different things. We got to do, <laughs> go to the DMZ, which is the border between South and North Korea, where there's like militaries. and Oh, wow. It's really, really full on. And that was the first time for me to visit. And Danny was there. We had wow. North Korean soldiers like pointing uh, cameras at us, uh, like just watching everything that we do in case we're spies or something, I don't <gasps> know, uh, with guns. And like it was really, really scary. Um, but on a light, lighter note, um, we did go <laughs> to karaoke afterwards. And I think she sang... Like I didn't at the time, I still don't know a lot of songs that like everybody knows, you know, songs that you all grew up listening to because I sort of didn't grow up. I did grow up here, but I was, I had Korean parents and, you know, but yeah, she was trying to find a song that we both knew, but I think she ended up singing My Way. (gasps) I did it my my way. And I sort of like kind of. uh, Did you do it? Sort of, sort of. (laughs) Not not very good because I was. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't. I I've heard the song before, but I didn't really know it well. Right. And then and then we sang Gangnam Style. <gasps> Stop <laughs> it! That was perfect. Where is the video footage of it that? Be, it might be on YouTube, but I yeah. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. I'm like, I'm just picturing the two of you doing Gangnam Style now, and it's just... that's incredible. <laughs> I'm also stuck on Danny potentially doing a big band album one day. Now ah. that oh, now that I know she's whipped out the old Frank, <laughs> I'd be very much here for that. That'd yes. be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Oh wow! So, would you maybe tell us? Do you have a favorite Danny song? My favorite Danny song. Mm, I mean, the obvious one. This is it. You know, really good. Yes. Everyone loves that one. Do you know um, the dance moves? I can't say. I'm. A, I'm not a dancer. I appreciate okay. them. But I don't know, <laughs> I can't, yeah, like none. Zero. Don't ask me. It's don't almost ask like me. that video was the original TikTok 
dance moves, like, you know, arms up. Yeah, yeah totally. right. Oh my God. She, yeah, if TikTok was around back then, she'd be like, she'd have the most followers. Hey, <laughs> totally. Anyway, go on. What were you going to say? It was another song? Um, I. I did love when she dropped the song with Kylie, 100 Degrees. Yes. Yeah, I love, and I love the performance yes. she did. They did together in London wearing mm-hmm. yep. matching. It was so iconic. I yes. Fan girl. Yes. Oh, perfect, perfect. Love, love the Minogue's here on the pod, obviously. <laughs> yeah, nah. I mean, yeah, Danny's just such a, um, such a lovely, I mean, you, you guys would know, but. Yeah, like having had her as my original mentor those years ago on yeah. X Factor, and then you know, just like in real life, she's such a such a sweet person, really, yeah. really genuine. And I got to spend so much time with her and her son, and just eating and hanging out by the <laughs> beach. And yeah, I felt I feel so special though. We I got to spend so much time together, and I still get to talk to her. So she's, yeah, I, I think I'll forever be like starstruck because she's so right. amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's such a star. She is, yeah. She's like, she is. yeah, born, a born star. Yeah. Everybody really that knows her really respect her. So. As are you, by the way. <gasps> yes. Thank you. We absolutely adore you here. <laughs> yes. So it's, so we're, such a huge honor to have you on the pod. <laughs> when do you start MasterChef? Like, is this, have we caught you before that? Yeah, MasterChef is airing soon, I think next month. So, mm. okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and my album's coming out next month, a plug. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, no, do uh, plug, yes. plug away. Very, very excited. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, no. Anything else you have to plug, go ahead. Yes. Well, no, well, it's, it's more so that nothing else seems to be happening at the moment, but MasterChef is happening and my album is definitely happening. It, I've, I've, that's all I've been doing this year, just focusing on my album and I get to finally drop it next month. So, yeah, I'm really stoked. Excellent. Very to hear it. Very and excited. do you have an actual release date that we can... Uh, it's in it's in October, so okay. When when uh, Master Chef will be on? Similar time to one Danielle Minogue's birthday. Yes, definitely. <laughs> everything everything Perfect. good happens in October. Well, thank you again, and really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And know how busy you are, and yeah, it means the world. Thank you again, oh, Darmy. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Darmy. All the best, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Our next guest is incredibly important to the Danny Minogue story and somebody so many of us absolutely love. His work, it speaks for itself, working alongside Banana Rama, Jerry Halliwell, Girls Aloud, Sheena Easton, the Pet Shop Boys, and of course, our dear Danny. A member of the legendary trance outfit Trouser Enthusiasts and one half of Thriller Jill. It is beyond an honour and absolute pleasure to welcome the iconic Ian Masterson onto this. This is Disco. A very big hello to the Ian Masterson. Welcome onto the pod. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Hello, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Eliza and I are so thrilled to have you. So thrilled. I'm, yeah, spinning out a bit. (laughs) (laughs) We are, of course, gathered here today for the 50th birthday celebrations of our queen of the clubs, Danny Minogue. And considering how important you are to her musical legacy, we thought it would be good to get you on the show to maybe share a great story with Danny or even two or three, whatever you'd like to share with us, really. (laughs) Sure thing. Um, Well, what kind of story would you like to hear? (laughs) Well, I guess, how did you you meet her? Like, how did that come about to begin with? um, 
Well, I think I'm a, I've told the story a few times, but I, um, when I was at university, I was writing songs and basically decided to go and get myself a manager in London. And he said that Danny was looking for songs and I should go and see her A&R guy, Steve Allen at um, Warner's. And so I went, saw him and played in songs. And literally the next day I was in the studio with her, wow. which is the weirdest, um, you know, most uh, right place at the right time story yeah. ever. Think, really. And that was literally, you know, I went from having zero experience in working in pop music to being in the studio with, you know, a big recording artist. And it all took off from there, really. And we just became really, really great friends. Um writing and recording together and obviously doing gigs and mm. you know we've become really close she's she's sort of like my big sister to me um Aww. pretty much pretty well pretty much everyone in, that's important to me in my life I've met through her because I'd only just moved to London right where I started working with her and obviously Terry would come to the sessions with her as well and um him and I hit it off as friends as well and we're obviously still best friends today yeah. um we sort of became like the three musketeers disco musketeers as we call ourselves the um, disco musketeers yeah and then <laughs> it's, it's been like that ever since really um wow. we're just we are properly family and um regardless of whether we're making music or you know whatever kind of stuff we're, we're up to we're we're incredibly close and I'm, I'm just very very lucky to have her in my life as the disco musketeers there must be some disco dance floor stories <laughs> that you that aren't private let's like, say we're, we're not this is not a tabloid podcast no, we're talking no, no, you know. no. <laughs> uh, yeah no I'm, I'm sure a lot of our stories haven't been that private anyway but um <laughs> i think i think probably my favorite my favorite dance floor story was was with danny actually is when we did mardi gras i think it was in 99 or 2000 mm-hmm. and um i remember being we went to a club called frisky <laughs> and I remember at some point being on the dance floor with her on my shoulders. On your shoulders? By, yeah, surrounded by loads of queens dancing <gasps> to my remix of the song that I'd written for her and everyone singing along and lasers going off. And I think that is possibly the most enjoyable moment I've ever had in a club, ever. Oh, my God. Um, oh my God. So this is for <laughs> Everlasting Night? No, this was actually for... Dis- uh, this track was Disremembrance. Um, <gasps> um, it was, I think it was the same year that I was, we had, I was sort of musical director for Mardi Gras that year and we had Jimmy Barnes on as well and right. um, Marsha Hines. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a, a really incredible experience doing that. Well, speaking of, uh, a lot of our listeners will be aware that you're one half of the phenomenal trouser enthusiasts and mm. that you had a very big hand in the creation of many's all-time favourite Danny track, including mine, Disremembrance. Mm-hmm. What can Thank you share you. about the creation of that epic, epic pop tune? Um, <laughs> what can I share about the creation of it? I, ooh, it's what I can remember, really, <laughs> um, which is very little. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, I just remember writing it um, with my friend David, basically, and it was one of the songs we played to Steve um, at Warner's first when I went and see him. I just ended up recording it. And because I was quite green to the um, whole production area, I decided I'd request things like a full orchestra on the track. 
which you would never ever happen these days right. so you know you've all the arrogance of youth thinking that that's the way people do things is that you know people will automatically pay for 56 piece orchestra right. for a pop record. um but so thankfully i was i was allowed to get away with it um <laughs> and so um the downside of that was it turned out to be absolutely impossible to mix because there was so much stuff in the, in the music, <laughs> but which took me a while. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really remember a lot about the creation of it. I think we did sort of one or two vocal sessions with Terry, and because it's Terry, there there ended up then being another fifty six tracks of backing vocals on it as well. <laughs> so it, it, it's quite a beast of a record in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, someone told, once told me that the last thing a master learns is simplicity. And I still seem to have yet to learn that. So, you know, that's the way it started and that's the way it's continuing. Well, the uh, Flexi Fingers mixes are all the more better for it as well. Like, yeah. Jesus, what, what a, uh, a heavenly experience it is listening to those 12 inch mixes. They're just bloody brilliant. <laughs> Are you aware of how loved that track is by Danny fans? Like, is that in your sort of orbit or do you just not think, pay yeah, I mean, to that? Well, no, I mean, I've been very lucky to meet people over the years who told me that and it's really lovely to hear. Um, I try not to take too much notice of praise about things really because um, I sort of think it, it can force you to rest in your laurels a bit. I'm quite... My approach is always to be quite hard on myself when I'm doing stuff and um, to think you're, you're only as good as the last thing you've ever done, really. So it's really lovely that people love the love that track. Um, but I I don't think I'd let it go to my head at the same time. Mm. Well, what was the other track we were going to um, mention, Adam? Was it? Um... Everybody Changes Underwater. <laughs> yes, which is often, I don't know if you're aware of this, it's often the track we refer to as when Danny invented ASMR, which I guess by extension, <laughs> by extension, so did you. So <laughs> congratulations on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we, we were quite ahead of the game with that, I guess, really. Um, yeah. Um, that was yeah, that was an interesting one. It was a really just a random kind of jam session that came together and... Um, we listen back to it now it's quite it's really interesting because it's sort of it's a bit dubstepy it's a bit drum and bass it's got all this random vocal stuff going on and you know all of the, the vocal production is all danny's idea and to get really close to the mic and do all of that kind of stuff wow. um we've always done quite a bit of things like lay, laying whispers on vocals and records and things um because she really likes that kind of texture and it's interesting it's it's i guess it was a sort of amsr thing um but yeah that was quite a lot of fun to do i think um it still surprises people as possibly being the most crazy wigged out part of that album. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not, not natural inclusion, I think. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really quite proud of it. It was um, something really weird and, um, you know, she really loved it at the time doing it. We had a lot of fun doing it.
Do you have a favourite Danny track that you'd like to share with us? Well, weirdly, the the one I really, really love is a track called, I mean, I love Disremembrance, um, but I really love Goodbye Song, which is a B-side yes. to from um, Neon Knight's album. And that was because Terry and I wrote that. We're, we were in a very kind of um, slightly bitchy mood at the time. We decided <laughs> to do something very electronic and very aggressive. And I just still love the song when I listen to it. It really makes me smile. And I really like the production on it. I really like her vocal. And um, I actually thought it should have been a single because I think it's bloody brilliant. Song, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Mm, I like that. I like that bit of a deep cup. And that's such a good track. Yeah. Good, and there's so many of those great um great tracks that came out in the vaults in like Unleashed and Club Disco and stuff like that too. Like a lot of really, really good nuggets. Yeah, thanks. But yeah, I think so too. Do you have a, a birthday message you'd like to put out into the um podosphere pod- <laughs> for Danielle? Um well, only that, you know, I'm very lucky to have her as my best mate and um, I love her very much, and I hope that we continue working together for a long time to come. Aww. Love that. Amazing. Everyone we've spoken to, like the the underlying current is how much they love her, how yeah. much she's yeah. meant to her, what a wonderful person she is. Like whether the story is like heartwarming, silly, funny, it all, the moral of the story is just how yeah, I mean, she's been. The thing is that um, these, like she's one of the most generous kind and sort of empathetic people I've ever met she's mm. constantly thinking about other people um and constantly thinking about you know she's got a job to do how she can do it in the best way for other people right. it's, it's never she's just that kind of person and she's she'll just do the kindest sweetest things and go the extra mile for people and make sure that everyone's you know looked after to a point where it's sometimes you know it can be exhausting for her because she really just She's just that kind of person. And her, her whole family are like that as well. They're very, you know, they're just really the best examples of humanity you can have, really. Mm. No, you know, not only they're incredibly talented and uh, you know, great at what they do, it's just that caring thing that's, that's you know, it's, it's a very special thing to find that, in, I think, in any friend, regardless of what they do. Yeah. Yeah. That's we were talking the other day that, um, you know, growing up watching Young Talent Time, um, you know, the family was always, all the team members' families were always sort of on TV. They'd bring them on and stuff. And so as kids, we got to know Carol and Ron from, yeah. the, like, the TV. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're very well loved. Oh, yeah, they're they legends. They're absolute legends. They're yeah. royalty. Yeah. They are. Like, when I remember yeah. at the, um, oh, it was a gig years ago, like, years and years ago, but every gig that anyone sees them at, particularly in Melbourne, because they're always there, the yeah. fans are usually just facing yeah. the other way because it's yeah it's i've, I've got to tell so you that carol, carol cooks one of the nicest roast chickens i've ever eaten as well something special let me tell you it's great <laughs> This is this is all very wholesome, lovely, yeah. <laughs> just as we would expect. You, from, were you looking you know, for hors d'oeuvres? Is that what it was? No, <laughs> no not at all. Not this at all. no, we will 
we're not looking for anything. It's no, just it's exactly yeah. what we <laughs> what we expected. Like there's just there's no there is no dirt. No, because they're just everyone's yeah. just yeah love. yeah yeah. I mean, I think I think both um, Dia and Kylie are like the best face of what pop music can be. Really, yeah. Uh, you know, they're incredibly talented and have worked for a long time doing it. And now, you know, Dee's got her other career in TV and um, it's that's just been the next level progression for her as well. Mm. I'm so proud of her when I see her on the shows that she hosts. Like, how, what an amazing job she does, really. It's, um, oh, she's well, so know, natural at it. Another skill set altogether, really. Mm. Oh, this is, I'm feeling all like warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Really, really appreciate the fact that you've um, come onto the pod and shared uh, some wonderful stories and a birthday message for Danny. And I cannot tell you how much of an honour it is to have you on the show. Huge, huge. I'm sitting here with a snoring dog at my feet, surrounded in a very untidy studio. So let me tell you, it does not feel very glamorous. <laughs> at all here That's now, right. I've got my dog snoring here as well because uh, it's time for her to go to bed and I had to bring her in my room so does does Danny know this particular dog would she like she, Martha she... we met Martha yeah oh would Martha like to um wish Danny a happy birthday because <laughs> well, we're open to that Martha doesn't perform to order she only performs if there's a squirrel in the garden <laughs> or she wants food or she wants to go out for a walk so okay. those are the only time yeah. you'll you'll hear her. Yeah. Um, that's generally when we're doing vocal takes, surprisingly. Of course. So, <laughs> it's always handy. But right about now, she's just snoring because she's been out for a walk. So. Yeah, she's oh. fine. She's featured anyway, so that's ber- birthday been- wishes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And we'll see you very soon, no doubt. Thank yes. you. Yes. Okay. With Danny on your shoulders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Ian. Thanks a lot. See ya. Bye. 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 How amazing was that to talk to Ian? What a treat. So lovely. And ever since that conversation, I can't stop thinking about having Danny Minogue on top of your shoulders (laughs) whilst... Disremembrance is playing. Right. What a dream. I I could, like, this is like, that is my fantasy. <laughs> oh, what a lovely, lovely human. Oh, such Ian was. Such a treat to have him on the pod. Really, really uh, just blew our minds. I, I, I can't believe it. It's, you know, I, I said to him before we sort of started recording that, you know, we've just spoken to Steve Anderson and. Now we're talking to him and, Mm. you know, I had this flashback to being in a club in 1998 dancing to the Trouser Enthusiast remix of Did It Again and then here we are. (laughs) It's so surreal. We are incredibly excited about this next guest. Incredibly excited is an absolute understatement. <laughs> Fangirling pretty severely right now at This Is Disco as we welcome a pop icon who's worked with basically every single one of your faves. Please give a big woo and calm the rage for Mr. Terry Ronald. <laughs> Hello, Terry. Hey. How are you? I'm good. In gloomy London. I'm very well, thank you. Very, very exciting to have you on. And also, before we go anywhere, happy birthday to you. Yes. For the 
same day as Ms. Danielle. Mm. Yes, of course. Of course, I'm years younger, darling. Well, I was about to, <laughs> that was my next question because I had heard that. So I was trying to figure out, like, my maths isn't great, but I, I assume you were like a toddler when you met her. Like, <laughs> was she your au pair? Or... She was. She. I was actually only three that's when I met right. her. So... That's what my calculations told me. So You know, I, it was quite advanced, you know, doing the production of, you know, vocal production on This Is It when I was five and a half. I mean, it was yes, incredible. <laughs> it was quite a feat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it is, of course, our beloved Danny Minogue's 50th birthday celebration on the pod this Minogue Monday. And in the spirit of that, Eliza and I had a feeling that you might just maybe have some wonderful Danny stories we've perhaps never heard before you'd like to share with us all. I have. Is there any particular, I mean, the one that, I mean, I don't know whether she's talked about a lot of them in the book, but I suppose the, 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 the thing that firstly, and, you know, without being too sort of schmortzy, the thing that I will say about Danny is that t- to me, I, I'm not sure that I would actually have much of a career without her because when I was doing my whole pop star bit, um and we were signed to the same label i met where well, i met when we were 19 she was 19 i was four yes. um and, <laughs> uh, and uh she invited we discovered that we had the same birthday we got sent on this trip together to um perform at, like the sort of spanish brits mm-hmm. she was a guest and i was actually performing because my song was quite a big hit there um and I performed and she said, oh, I loved your voice. And, you know, we just started chatting and then we realized we had the same birthday. So she invited me to her birthday party and um, which was fab. And um, so, uh, um, so, yeah, so that was how we met. And then um, the, the reason I'm saying that is because after that, we basically just became really good friends. I lost my record deal eventually a couple of years later. And when that happens, nobody calls you. It's like tumbleweed, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, where's all my friends from the music industry? <laughs> right. um, but then there's like one phone call from this little voice going, hi, Terry, it's Danny. You know, oh. I've heard what's happened and it's really awful. And, you know, would you come and help me? You know, I've bought this studio with all these different producers and um, I, I don't like it because I never have any consistency, you know, so would you come in and work with me on my vocals? And I said, well, absolutely. I said, well, you know, I've never, I've only really worked on my own vocals and with my backing singers, but I'll have a go. And we went and with the first one session we did was for This Is It, which was brilliant for me because I knew the original. I know how to do disco. That is like, it's basically in my (laughs) veins, disco music. I know kind of the ad lib. And she said, well, I want to get that kind of raspy, solely sound that you get. She said, what do you, what, how shall I do that? So we'll, we'll just have a fag outside. She <laughs> went and had a cigarette so she could get. And she's like, I can't believe she says, when I got a vocal person and I really never expected the first thing they would tell me how to do is what to do is a cigarette. <laughs> but, you know, it was the 90s. So did this, is it? And it came out so, she was so happy. And the vocals sounded so good. We did the backing vocals together and we were so happy with it that we released the a cappella version, that they released the a cappella version mm. with all the, because she was so excited about how her, how she sounded. And I think it was basically because, you know, she'd been in and out of studios, like, you know, you know, like it is in the pop world with, you know, a bit of a, in out situation with different producers and you know someone had actually taken the time to say well you could do this you could do this we could try this we could try that and that's why i think that vocal 
when people first heard it that wow you know mm. she sounds so great and so full on it and it wasn't any really anything to do with me so much as someone taking the time to give her space to do what she wanted yeah. um uh and we kind of went on from there really wow. so that's an and uh, going on from that is forever since then whenever she's done anything whether it's theatre when she got the x-factor job when she was doing an autobiography with me now being a writer she has always i've always you know along with ian of course been her first point of call yeah. because she's always phoned me well i know terry can do this and i'll get hit why would i get someone else which is what i mean by you know she's a very loyal um mm. friend and person and also kylie is very similar yeah. she knows the people that she works well with and she uses them because she knows they can do the job she's not necessarily interested and dan is the same in you know having the latest person or the you know this person's really cool she, she just thinks well i know i know the people that can do the job and they're my friend and i'm going to work with them and uh, and because of that i have done so much stuff with Dan over the years from being you know from being thrust into X Factor judges houses um to <laughs> Danny's house in Ibiza stuff. yeah which I never like I'm like aren't you supposed to have a celebrity she went oh, I'm not doing that um I want you so, and so she insisted to the producers that it was me um despite that nobody knew who the hell I was and then you know we, the same with the autobiography you're writer now will you do my autobiography with me i'm like well i've never done an autobiography i wrote a novel well come up you know you can do it and, and i said oh okay fine so she kind of forces me into these things which i'm eternally grateful for because you know i'm not very good at pushing myself forward right. but i've got like you know i've got little mini minogue there you know always saying you can do this go on do it oh what so, a you know, great cheerleader it's it's really good because there are a lot of things that I've done because of because of her. Yeah, well, it's funny you say so how loyal they both are because you know now we've spoken to you, we've spoken to Ian, we've spoken to Steve. Like it's like the Minogue Holy Trinity. Like, <laughs> yes, I feel like it's, it's like, like it's like charm, just like charm. It really totally. is. Well, I, I was I was gonna say I feel like I'm like Gaga in the Gucci ad, like you know. Ian, Steve, House of Terry. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I'm viewing it. Like. But the thing is, I think there is a, it's it's not only, I think with, with both the girls, it's it's that, that thing of, of just knowing, because, you know, they're, they're very big stars. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, the other people that can either not appreciate that or be maybe over familiar or you know not and I think having known them for so long you know it's a trust thing you know mm. we we don't feel like we've got groundwork to lay we just go in and do what we do and and to be honest you know they're quite old school mm. um Kylie and Danny in mm. in as much that they've been in the business since they were kids yeah. they know how to work with people they know how to talk to people they know how to be respectful of people that are doing their jobs around them so you know and it and it works both ways so i think it's a you know they they're pretty old school mm. i yeah. think compared to some people you know yes. you walk into a room with anything oh my god you know it's like, <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Terry, I believe this is actually, I've heard one of your favourite Danny tracks, if I'm not mistaken. I'd love to hear anything relating to the creation of the incredible 2006 single, which you co-wrote on, So Under Pressure. Yes, yes that was, a, we, we got sent up to Blackburn, which isn't very glamorous, but we stayed in a really glamorous hotel. And we, you know, we got sent up there to work with this guy called Lee Monteverdi, who's... Um, who's a really good writer. I'd worked with him years ago on something. And we ended up writing two songs. It was for the Greatest Hits album, but we wanted to do two new songs. So we wrote Gone and So Under Pressure. And at first when we did Gone the first day, everyone's like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is fantastic. We love it. This is a single, this is a single. And then the next day we wrote So Under Pressure, which obviously Dan was referencing all the stuff that she, you know, was feeling about, you know, Kylie's illness and just various different things um and so she had this idea for this song and um we had this kind of we were both really into you know the whole kind of electronic Donna Summer disco vibe um which is how Gone came about and then uh, you know we ended up doing Under Pressure but it was just really fun and we just as you can hear with that song there's a lot of um layering on it that's lots of little riffs and bits and uh, little hooks so we just layered it up layered it up layered it up until it was just like this massive bed of of hooks you know and little clicks and ticks and and that's why i think it's so good funny enough it's it's steve anderson's favorite danny song um yes i have heard him say that yeah um so yeah it was it was great and we came away i was very happy with those two songs do you have a danny favorite all time i do i think my favorite danny song is who do you love now yes i just love the um i love the melancholy of it i love the melody of it i had nothing to do with the writing of the song although of course i did produce the vocal and and add some textures and different stuff with it Mm. um but i do love that song i absolutely Mm. love it the was, English um, version yeah, or the yeah. French version? <laughs> well, I like the well, obviously English version. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I, I do, I do love that song. It is, it's always yeah. been my favourite song of hers. Mm. Um, of the ones I worked on, uh, I, I guess, I guess I, yeah, there's a few. I, I, I like so under pressure. Um, there's, there's quite a few. I mean, there's some stuff that me and Ian worked on with her that, you know, never saw the light of day. And some of the B-sides we did, I love. Yes. Like uh, Nervous and those kind of ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the ones we did in Paris, which we're going to talk about with, uh, you know, uh, yes. that's on the loop, a piece of time and don't want to yeah. lose this feeling, yeah. you know. So, yeah. But Who Do You Love Now is my go-to. And even though it's not a composition of mine, I think it's brilliant. It's a bloody banger, and yeah. I was I was raving at the time as well when Reva released it as Stringer, just the vocal, yeah. vocal free trance track. And then I remember hearing it for the first time in an iClub, just fucking mind blown. Like hearing <laughs> yeah. it differently compared to like just hearing it, you know, yourself at home on headphones or whatever, and hearing yeah. it for the first time that full that twelve inch mix as well, thumping in an iClub. Oh. Heaven, heaven. Yeah. I mean, it, it heralded in a whole new era, didn't mm-hmm. it, really? Yes. Um, I just think that that whole era for her was really, really 
amazing um the whole neon knights thing and if you look at the neon knights stuff as a, a you know the deluxe version of with everything on it from that period it's really 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 cool Flawless. and very cohesive as an album yeah. it works as an album and you know it, it's really good yeah on, on the topic of errors did i this sort of leads into this next question what of all of Danny Eras, do you think is the most sentimental to you or the first one that pops into your head when you think about her back catalogue? I think probably that, to yeah, be honest. Um, honest there yeah. was a lot going on for me. I got ill in the middle of it, but I just remember there was d- days when, when there was, the, you know, particularly times we, there were three separate things uh that working with danny on that thing because there was this, there was doing the writing and the vocal production whereas up until then i'd only really done more production and demos and stuff so that was great for me because i sort of finally came through as a writer basically because i was kind of a bit shy before and just didn't really push myself forward but obviously ian and i started working together so there was the time to be in danny and i which was just very relaxed very fun in the studio, throwing ideas down. So that was so comfortable. And then apart from that, I had, we had, me and Dan had these great trips to Sweden where we were just literally thrown in all the, right, you two are in that room with, you know, different Merlin writers. Right. And, you know, it was just really fun. And Karen Paul was there, Hannah Robinson, yeah, and we were all just like running in and out of these rooms working all the, which that was really fun. And probably most funny is uh, the, me and Danny being in Paris. We had the best time um, <laughs> working with the, the guys from Nemo. Um, they were just such fun. And there were three of them and the two of us. And we'd go out to nightclubs. And, uh, you know, I remember, I remember Danny and I dancing on a table once this club called Queen. And we looked around and like Kirsten Dunst was dancing on the next table. Oh and it was like, it was so cool. And, it, and we just, and we went out and, you know, had dinners in Paris. It was just, and we had quite a lot of trips there. And we also went to New York to work with Roger Sanchez a little while after that. Mm, wow. um, so we had a lot of trips together that were really, really fun. Um, I just remember because Paris became so familiar and we went so many times, we stayed in a you know hotel cost, which was fantastic, and it was just it was just fun, and it's everything you want from a you know doing a job, going yeah. to you know glamorous cities with a friend, and hanging out with cool people, and you know dancing next to Kirsten Dunst on tables. Um, you know that's what you want out of a job, right? Yeah. Oh, sounds like the dream. <laughs> <laughs> So that was probably my favourite era. And, you know, whenever I'm with Ian and Dan, we always, you know, end up spend half the time gossiping, half the, the third of the time gossiping, a third of the time drinking cups of tea. And then, you know, we'll do some work and hopefully something great will come out. And, you know, so that's always lovely as well. Is there anything of uh, Danny's that you really, really wish had been a single that wasn't? Um, do you know what I absolutely always loved, but it was impossible to edit, was Be Careful from Getting to You. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. really loved that song. We tried to Great edit, track. but it was really a bit because the ad libs, we loved the ad libs. She sounded like, like, like a young Michael Jackson on that. And I loved, <laughs> we did all these like crazy ad libs and she just sang and let rip. And it was, you know, it was like the whole, it was this, I had the same feeling about that, that I did as, you know, with Love is Waiting, the Kylie song, which, right. you know, she yeah. just yeah. goes off. And I was in the studio doing that with her. You know, it, it's one of those things you go, oh, I just love the way they sound on that. It's so mm. free and, mm-hmm. you know, and Danny on that sounded great. Um, 
I don't know. I, I, it's really hard to say about singles. I think I just wanted, I, I won't talk about this too much, but I really obviously went once with, they were three singles in on Neon Nights. I was like desperate for one of my, well, our ones to be a single. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't know. That's a hard one. I, I really liked Gone as well. Yes. Um, I really liked Gone. I think either of those two could have been the single from, from that. Right. Um, I, yeah. I have a, a funny story in relation to Gone. I remember my, so my friend Ben, who's a friend of the pod as well, he always, had, he always had a problem with future lovers on the Confessions on a Dance Floor album. Right. And he just thought it just, there was something off about it, but he loved Gone. So I ended up making yeah. him uh, play like a CD mixtape playlist where it was Confessions on a Dance Floor, but instead of... Um, future lovers Danny's Gone would pop up <laughs> and he was like this is the definitive version of Confessions on a Dance Floor that's well that's a huge compliment I mean that's hilarious but and and, and can I just say how absolutely fabulously nerdy that is yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm obsessed with making playlists yes yeah, I mean you know I suddenly find myself lost in a world of like you know oh my god I've been working on this playlist like for like four hours what am I doing yeah. in my life you know yeah. at my age now but I love it it's gone from making you know mixtapes when I was a kid to CD yeah. burning CDs to iTunes playlists and now Spotify playlists yeah. Um, and I still love it. It's my hobby and it's my get out of my head thing. And I love when people do things yeah. like that. Yeah. I do that with something like Abba's Voulez Vu. Take off all the crap <laughs> that I hate and just have the disco version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme and Summer Night City. And, you know, um, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, well, did you want oh, to, yeah. Terry, say some kind of message for Danny? Right. You know, yeah. You know. Presumably, if she listens to this, well, I should make sure she listens to it. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, my, my message to Dan is always the same. You know, we've had like a brilliant, brilliant time. We still, you know, we can't celebrate our, but we haven't celebrated our birthdays together for ages because we've not been in the same country. I think we might, we might do a little Zoom part yeah. champagne party um, this year. And you know, it's always my message to her is always the same. She's like, you know always been the best friend the most loyal person and caring you know and not even any music she'll always you know if she hears you're doing something uh you know whether it's writing or anything and then she hears about someone else that she might be able to connect you up with and it's nothing to do with her nothing to do with mm. music she will always make those connections with her friends yeah. you know oh you should speak to this person because he does that or right. she does that you know she's a she's one of those people that's you know just a, she's a good egg. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my message to her is like, I think I can't even count how many birthdays you've had together now. You can probably work it out. I'm not good at math, but uh, so it's yeah. My first one was the twentieth, so it's thirty. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, actually, wow. That, that's, that's my question. What is your most memorable? Doesn't have to be G-rated birthday you've spent together. Oh. Oh, we had. Uh, we had a, um, I remember one birthday, which a, a friend of hers, Ben, got involved with, a really good friend of hers, and we had ended up hiring the whole embassy club in London. And that was hilarious because it was like we were, we were walking into the party and it was like, this is my birthday party. It's like this huge like press event, there's people outside. And I remember at one point, 
me going to go up up the stairs to this thing and you know my mum was there it was all different people there and uh, someone said to me um oh you can't go up there it's the vip room i said <gasps> it's my fucking birthday it's my VIP. <laughs> i'm the vip <laughs> but no then we had then we had loads it was fun we had like once we had a a cocktail party at a flat where everyone really dressed up and we had like cocktail music and we went to the (laughs) supermarket to buy all the alcohol and literally we were like trudging around like tesco's or sainsbury's (laughs) with all this alcohol and someone took a photograph of her and it ended up in the paper saying she had a drink problem i was sitting in the pictures just daddy with like a trolley of drinks it was hilarious so that and you know i think we've had some yeah we've had quite a few nice dinners and you know loads i remember us having this once dinner once dinner at this lovely place for our birthday and i can't remember there was loads of people there at the dinner and they all disappeared and she ended up the bill and it was like oh my god it was like a nightmare Um, funny funny and the the, oh i've got one story that i've got to tell you the first birthday we didn't spend together in years uh we always had our birthdays together that we weren't going to spend it together because she was in oz and i was in london and we were like oh god you know i hope we're gonna have a you know great birthday even though we're not spending it together and at her birthday in oz at a party that she had somebody got into the cloakroom and robbed loads of presents and uh, bags and outfits and the, the part so <gasps> that it was a nightmare and meanwhile i'm on a bir- on my way to a, my birthday dinner in london and get mugged punched in the face no. with a knuckle duster and ended up in hospital with having stitches in my lip so it's like yeah let's not do that again oh my god <laughs> the worst birthday for both of us you guys have taken that twin thing too far i think (laughs) thankfully it hasn't that the worst thing but you know but also i will tell one quick other story on my on my 40th birthday when i was very very sick and i was very ill i didn't even know i was going to make it and i was in my flat and my mum was tidying the house i thought my mum never tidies uh, what's going on and there was a knock at the door and it was hillary who managed both of us at the time and danny they were on the way to a gig and she had come to visit me um i was i was like lying there curled up no hair i was so sick on my bed i'd just come out of hospital the day before after having a bad infection and you know she'd come she said Look, i can't not visit you on your birthday mm. um and your mum said you wouldn't want to see me because you look so ill and but but you know and she sat on my bed and held my hand and chatted to me and you know so i even got to see her on that birthday oh that's nice it was really nice so yeah so you can Aww. see we've we've had a big history over time yeah you know, a, a lot of fun fun together yeah and had yeah. a lot of fun together without realizing that you were both like doing quite a bit of legacy building as well Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. You don't really think about that, do you, yeah, really? Well, I, I just you think you just like... do what you do. Um, and I always used to want to be, like, a famous person when I did my pop stop. But let's, so I've really not wanted to be that. I just want to be able to work and do the things I do and have fun and work with nice people. Yeah. And, you know, it's great to say, oh, God, I, was, I worked on, you know, this record or that record. It's really good, but it's not, you know, it's it's just there and it's nice. It is lovely when I speak to people like you guys who who have all that, you know. I'm the same with, with Edward with the Madonna stuff. I love going and listening yeah. to his podcast and, yeah. you know, right, hearing yeah, yeah. all the stuff he talks about because yeah. I'm so obsessive about Madonna. Yeah. Um, you know, I love that. Yeah. I've got so to you guys you. are doing an amazing thing. 
I look, I lose everything. I used to have all four, four of Abba's autographs, all four of them that they signed for me. Stop and it. I lost them somewhere. Yeah, I know. I, me and my friend Kenny stand, stood outside a TV studio in a blustery cold February um, um, once. My friend told me, and they turned up in two separate limos. Nobody else was there. No one. Oh just me and my friend Kenny. And it was unbelievable. We stood and they stood and they signed our autograph. He still got his. I don't know what happened to mine because I've moved so many times. We They signed our autograph and I spoke to all of them. And I remember Frida saying, your hands are very cold. <gasps> and uh, yeah. I, 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 so wow. yeah, that's my big Amazing. Pop. So I'm as much as a pop fan as you guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't get me started on Madonna either. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of Madonna, of... I, don't, I don't think we're going to be able to stop ourselves. What a, what a segue into speaking of Madonna. Timing couldn't have been better, could it? It could not have. Halfway through this call, Eliza and I were joined in the conversation with Terry by our next guest, host of the insanely brilliant Madonna podcast, Inside the Groove. It's the lovely Edward Russell. And funny story about Edward. This is a very full circle moment to have him on the pod. Mm. So as you know, uh, we have a mutual friend in Simon, aka Granger Boy. So... Back in April 2020, when the pandemic was, you know, fun, and <laughs> we were all having a, it was like a global party, and we were baking, right? And you know, remember house party? Oh um, God. <laughs> Way back when, and Simon was hosting these online Kylie sing-alongs, um, and you know, it was just. People could join in. We were all muted because, thank goodness, because, you know, nobody needed to hear that. It was just Simon playing the keyboards and then, you know, you could sing along. So, you know, I brought costumes and I had dance routines, obviously, because I wasn't going to do this in half. And Edward was on one of those calls. And I remember at the end of it, he said... um, you know, we we're all saying goodbye to each other and, you know, it was lovely to meet you all. And he said, oh, by the way, everyone, you know, I've just started this Madonna podcast, if anyone oh, you know, is a wow. Madonna fan, you know, check it out. And I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds like something I'd like to listen to. <laughs> I think he was one or two episodes in. So, yeah, it's, it's such a full circle moment yeah. to have him now as a guest on our podcast yeah, for, for something Minogue. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway. So cool. What an absolute legend, sweetheart. <laughs> Welcome onto This is Disco Edward. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good, except for I've just yeah. been to the dentist, which isn't a great way to start the day. Oh, no. And um, I'm so excited to be here as well. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Oh, and we are a huge fan yes. of yours as well. My God, uh, it's such a huge. That said, I'm a bit behind now, so don't test me. Don't be like, "What did you think of the episode before last?" I'd be like, um, <laughs> "Oh no, loved it, loved it, yeah, 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 <laughs> loved it." <laughs> well, I'm obviously I message you, Edwards. You go, I'm really big fan of, of uh, the podcast as well. Well, I'm and, and I'm a I big fan it. of was... big fan of your work, Terry. So it's it's love and hugs all around. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. 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 love fest. This is love and kisses. <laughs> So yeah. Oh. Ah, here we go. We're starting already. <laughs> I don't really know why I'm here, other than you're going to discuss Danny Minogue, and obviously, yeah. well, and, and I, there is a particular song. <laughs> yeah, so we haven't discussed that song because we were awaiting your grand entrance. Right. Okay. So yes, we're obviously going to discuss. Uh, don't want to lose this feeling. 
obviously we in Australia grew up on Young Talent Time and so that's how Danny came into our lives. Mm. And I have a kind of chicken and egg scenario with Danny and Madonna because Danny started on Young Talent Time in 1982 and that's when I started watching her. And so I think I've mentioned this on um, on one of our episodes before. I genuinely don't know if I started listening to Madonna because I was like, oh, that lady's singing the songs that Danielle sings. <laughs> or if I liked Danny because I was like, oh, she's singing Madonna songs. I don't know because Danny basically sang Madonna's entire 80s discography <laughs> throughout her <laughs> tenure. On, like there's plenty of YouTube clips. It's stunning. She sang Jimmy Jimmy just to give you some <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was brave. Yeah. That's a yeah. deep cut. You can't. There's not. You can't really be singing like like a virgin or things like that. Like there's only so many things you could be singing. Well, it's interesting yeah. because I've got Australia to to thank. I think for getting me into Madonna in the first place because I don't remember it. Mm. But I was. Um, I mean, I remember this. I was in Australia at the end of 1982. I was only 12. I was nearly 13, uh, and my sister was living out there. And my mum would come in with some money, and that was quite expensive then to send somebody out to Australia but I got sent out to Australia for six weeks and I loved it but my sister was working so in the day I would just watch um, TV and it was all stuff that we didn't have in the UK not just the Australian programs but reruns of things like Gilligan's Island and the Doris Day right. show and and all this and Get Carter and stuff like that that we didn't see in the UK so I loved it and, I, and reruns of Doctor Who we didn't have reruns of Doctor Who at the time we only had like the current school. so I, I absolutely loved it one of the programs I really loved was Countdown obviously uh, Molly Mulder uh, loved yes. it, loved it, and it's only in the like last few weeks I've retrospectively thought about it and thought at some point during that six weeks of watching Countdown all the time, it's almost certain he would have played Burning Up, which was a huge hit, well, a reasonably big hit, way yeah. before Madonna had hits. I don't know if Burning Up was out by then, but everybody would have been. So I probably saw Madonna way before I remember actually first seeing her on Top of the Pops in the UK in 84. Yeah. Because I think Molly is the reason that she became such a big yes. hit in Australia. Yeah. yeah. So yes. um, Same with ABBA. Molly pushed ABBA uh, onto the world. And Blondie were the same with Australia. Yeah. That They were yes. big. In, that Australia just discovered Blondie before the rest of the world. Yeah, that's all Molly Meldrum. Yeah, and you know, that you, whenever he interviews her, you can see that she knows that, but she so adores him, doesn't she? And, you know, yeah. she's never spiky in this. And, he, and, well, he's really good. Um, and when he was really ill a few years back, she sent out uh, messages of love and support to him and stuff. So, 
So, yeah, so Australia brought me Madonna, even though I don't remember it. I'm sure they did. <laughs> wow, there you go. Amazing. <laughs> well, how, how do you want to do this, Terry? Do you want to share the story of how, you know, the original <laughs> version of that song, Edward, you yeah. come at it from a Madonna? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, love, to, uh, I'd uh, love to hear Terry's story. I and mean, I could just talk a bit about what I know, not very much about how it came about, but I can talk about the whole um, mashup bastard pop thing and how it was a big thing in the early noughties. And then actually I can talk about how Madonna kind of copied Danny with Hung Up. There's a, you know, there's, there's a story, there's a route in there as well. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I didn't, I'm going to find this interesting. From what (laughs) I know, um, from what happens with us, we we wrote the songs in Paris, the Paris stories I was just telling you when the two of us were out there all the time with this Nemo, with three, a a band, quite a kind of alternative kind of electronic punky band and the record company thought it would be good for us to go with them. And the songs we wrote with them were quite out there for Danny, you know, Peace of Time and, (laughs) and On The Loop. They're quite kind of weird and wacky. I absolutely love them, but they're not, you know, they were really what she'd been doing up until that mm. point um, because of the way that these guys worked, cutting vocals up, you know, the way they did it. Um, and we did don't want to lose this feeling. I remember I remember exactly doing it, and it, I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't called Don't Want to Lose This Feeling. Um, but And the, the record company, Phil from the record company, loved the song, but he didn't feel the st- chorus was strong enough. He didn't, he said the verse and the bridge is great. I, I just, we just need to put something on the end of it. So we had the bridge as the chorus, I think, you know. Um, and then he got this guy called James who had a chorus knocking around. He said, oh, well, my oh chorus would fit on that. It literally was that. And um, they tried this chorus out on it with this guy, James, doing all the BBs and stuff. And it just sounded great. So the guys from Nemo and Danny and I were like, well, this sounds amazing. Yeah. Why wouldn't we have it? You know, it, it is better. We were all, we're not, we weren't kind of, oh, no, we don't want someone else coming <laughs> in. And, you know, we were like, this sounds great. You yeah. know, so, so that happened and the song became that. And then there was the, you know, it went on the album and the mix on the album is quite sort of low, low key chorus wise. And then we were all desperate, you know, by that time, I think I had six songs on that album that I'd co-written with either them or Ian. And also Ian and I had three kind of bonusy B-side things as well going on. And I said, oh God, they'd had, what singles? They said, who do you love now? And um, I begin to wonder and put the needle on it. It had been out of singles. I'm like, fuck, there's going to be no singles left. We're not going to have a single. I've written all these songs. I'm not going to have a fucking single. So, and the, and the Nemo guys are the same, having written three tracks. So they basically wanted to come up with a way of, cementing a way of getting a single and so i think it was cam one of the producers did this mashup which of course had to be a bootleg because you know it couldn't go out commercially Mm. of uh, and i remember when we heard it dan fermi's oh my god you've got to hear this because obviously both danny and i love madonna we both love that song i mean that song is the most one of the most instantly danceable things you know, get into the groove, like Dancing Queen, when you hear that piano gliss, when you hear the first few bars of that, that, you know, the keyboard and that, it's mm-hmm. just, you cannot possibly not dance to that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's a similar thing with Dancing Queen, I think. Um, and so th- they did the mashup and the record company loved it, but then of course we, c- we can't release that. So <laughs> we had to ask, obviously, 
you know, her highness and had to go through <laughs> Warners. Luckily, Danny, Danny was signed to Warners. Right. So all we knew that, that we, we asked permission and permission was given and we got our what would be our splits. I think um, Madonna's uh, publisher that was going to take uh, 25, that, you know, percent of, of, of which we were kind of happy with for that version. Right. Um, and Don't Want to Lose This Groove was such a great title for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, that that's how it happened. We were all we never thought it would we would get permission to do it. We just thought it would be one of those things that just got put out on the internet, and you know, as a bootleg. And the most exciting thing for me was that on the credits, my name was next to Madonna's. Oh, yes, that I was, saw that. I, had, I, I was like. I, I was so excited because it was like, oh my god, yeah. I've written a song with Madonna. <laughs> but for me, it was the most exciting thing ever. And the fact that you know, just the fact that Madonna might have heard, um, you know, that song, and yeah. you know, it was something I was a part of because you know that she is my pop star. She yeah. always has been. You know, I had my things when I was a kid, my Blondie and my Abra and stuff like that. But she's my pop star. She always has been. People have got their Dannys, their Kylies, their Britneys. Madonna is my pop star. So it was so exciting to me. So exciting. Yeah, we did another mix of the single uh, with a much bigger chorus. Um, and then, you know, it went out. And obviously the, the, the Madonna version was, of, you know, so popular. They had to cut the video as well to, to that version. Right. So there were two versions of the video. So it was very exciting. And it went top five, which was, you know, it was apart from S Club Junior's Automatic High was my <laughs> biggest hit. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic High is a great song, by the way. <laughs> I think it's a lot of what I do on the podcast is I, I have facts, but I've also got opinions and <laughs> I try and merge them <laughs> together. Um, opinions isn't the right thing. It's like what we do on, or what I do on the Inside the Groove podcast is sort of tell the story of things around it and, and what caused Madonna to do certain things. And, you know, there's a real sort of journey into this, um, you know, don't want to lose this gro- groove. Um, in that Bastard Pop or mashups, um, as they were known, Mm -hmm. had been sort of happening since the late 90s. I think once people got hold, DJs got hold of acapellas of songs, because artists were starting to put acapellas on their CD singles and stuff like that, and mixing the two together. And so there's, um, it was the sort of thing you might hear on a club or share it on Napster or whatever it was you were doing. There's some really good mashups that I remember. There was one of Genie in a Bottle with the Strokes Hard to Explain, which was just, just worked really well. That's, that's, that was really, really good. Um, And some of them weren't very good because, um, and you know, you, you, I'm sure you know this. I'm sure many listeners know this. Terry definitely knows it. Songs can be in different keys and just, you can't just put one song on top of another. It's like having a cat walking up and down a piano. It just, you know, (laughs) sounds terrible. And even, and sometimes you'd see, you'd hear some, and they would be a, a the, the vocal would be in a major, and the the backing track would be in a minor, which would be a bit like a cat that had a bit of musical knowledge walking up and down a piano. Right. Uh, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah. so but some of them were really good. And then you got the Richard of X Effect. You actually got producers churning out stuff deliberately like this. So you had Sugar Babes, Freak Like Me was was a big one, and you know that was designed to be a mashup of two tracks. And so. Um, you know, when Danny brought this out, I wasn't entirely surprised. I mean, let's face it, we'd had Kylie's Can't Get Blue Monday out of my head. Had that been out by then or was that late? That was around the same sort of time. Uh, yeah, that must have just It must have been. Because in 2002, yeah. Pop, the yeah. Brits, yeah. It? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. it was. Um, and, and so it kind of made sense that this happened. And, and, I, and I remember thinking at the time, well, Madonna will have had to have given her permission to do this. 
And also it's Madonna. Madonna doesn't just let the lawyers do everything. She will have listened to it, Terry. Terry, she will have definitely listened to that. Yeah, that, she that, would have. That yeah, I mean, you know that. Her voice is and, on it. She would have listened to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, Madonna is um, Madonna is motivated creatively. Um, creatively, we can't doubt that. But she's also motivated by money. She would have gone, mm, this could well be a success. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I took 25% of this, which is quite, yeah. quite a generous yeah. um, uh, amount. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, but she, but you know, it's great. I love it, and I, th- I don't have anything to add other than to what you were saying, Terry. That Into the Groove is such a good song. Um, it's the first song that Madonna had a producer credit on, um, and this was her and Stephen Bray in New York just creating a bunch of demos for what would have been the, I guess, the next album. And when it was played to um, the people at Desperately Seeking Susan who'd asked Madonna to write a song. They actually wrote a song called Desperately Seeking Susan that none of us have ever yeah. heard. No. And I think Into the Groove was like a demo that was floating around. Um, the, the director loved it and she put it straight in the movie and they were like, hang on, this is just a demo. And she's like, no, it's perfect as it is. Uh, uh, the record company wanted to release it as a single, so they had to kind of do a bit of remixing and stuff, but Madonna's vocal was kept. Um, and it's kind of like, I think this vocal typifies Madonna because it's, you know, it's a bit grating. It's not the best, you know, the most technical performance, mm. but it's amazing. It's so passionate, so ambitious, and it just cuts through. You hear that in a club or on the radio as you're walking past, you you know what that song is. Ooh, I completely yes. agree with you, Terry. You just you have to get up and dance when when, yeah. when you hear it. it yeah. And it's and it's um and it, anyway, it worked really well because obviously Danny's album is a bit of a nod to electro clash wasn't it there was that yeah. was the the big sort of scene oh gosh yeah 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 and you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's really interesting to hear you, you talk about how it came about because that sort of organic way of creating songs was very very in at the time but i actually think that danny influenced madonna i don't know this this is my I, opinion we, we were we actually talked about this on the neon nights episode as well so yeah, I, I think, think we, we did we have the same theory but yeah i, on, I mean i mean she because and it's so typically Madonna because I think she brought out into the Hollywood groove, um, yeah. which yes. was uh, a mashup of Hollywood and um, into the groove. I always yes. want to say inside the Missy groove, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, a mashup of that, but I don't think that was it. I think you know that was a bit of fun, and you know it was done for the advert and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that when Hung Up came about, and I know that was Stuart Price sort of presented her with the backing track. This was Madonna going, okay, so recently the, the Vogue has been to, um, no pun intended, to take a, an old <laughs> an old 80s track and make, you know, make a new song out of it. But she went one better. She was like, okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to get an ABBA track from the 70s and it's going to be like, you know, I'm going to pay loads of money for it that nobody else has ever done before. So she did it really well. I'm pretty sure that had Danny not, or had you guys not gone to Madonna with the request for Danny, she that that wouldn't have led to her. That have happened, yeah. So, uh, so I think I think we Terry, I'm you know bowed down to you because Hung Up is an amazing song anyway, and it's amalgamation of Madonna and Abba, two of my favorite. Well, my probably my two favorite. Oh, artists, me too. So, yeah, so, yeah so, me so, too, Edward. Oh, all because <laughs> all yeah, because Terry, of you. Yeah. Terry gave us Hung Up. He did indeed. <laughs> well, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. So Terry, I you know I I I just want to let you know, thank you for giving us Hung Up. Uh, yes. yes. Sure. Oh. Thank and you, I, and I also, I'll take I also, 
you're one of these people that I absolutely hate because you've got the career that I wanted. I've always wanted to be a songwriter and producer. <laughs> and the only chance I'm ever going to have of having my name next to Madonna Giacconi's is, is in a lawsuit. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so. hilarious. I have. I can I tell you one quick Madonna story, which is really funny, even sure. and it's Minogue related. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, we all went to see Kylie's concert. Uh, and Danny was there and we all went to see the concert. I think it was, oh, I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have been Homecoming. Uh, it was at um, uh, Wembley. And Mark, my husband and I sat down and my friend Val was one of Kylie's backing vocalists. And she called me, she said, Madge is coming tonight. <gasps> I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. So anyway, Kylie, for some reason, usually I got my seat through Danny, but for some reason I done something with Kylie she said oh I'll sort the seats up for you got her management so Mark and I had absolutely pristine seats for this Kylie show and in front of us were two empty seats oh my gosh and I'm like she's gonna sit there she's gonna sit there <laughs> it was like hilarious I was hysterical and of course the lights go down in she comes oh and sits in front of me and Mark with her long hair, which were all over Mark's lap. So I literally spent half the Kylie concert looking at Madonna's hair, oh which God. was spread out over the seat on Mark's lap going. You should have taken a, taken a cutting. <laughs> it was that famous one that everyone talked about where she was on her phone for loads of it. I don't know if you remember oh, reading the, about that. She was on her, we could see what her she text like. say, yes, um, I'm at a concert, it's very loud. <laughs> <laughs> And we could see the text and I just, so that, so that happened. And then uh, in the middle of Kylie's concert, Kylie's manager at the time, Terry always had a little private bar away from the sort of after show bar that people, close friends could go to um, in, in his interval at the concert. So we were very near that. So Mark and I got up there first and at this bar, the only people at this bar at one point, there was nobody in the room because we were the closest to it. We were on the right side. All the, a lot of the other guests were on the other side was Mark and me and Madonna and her friends standing together at a bar. And I knew what Mark was thinking. Oh He's going to think, are you going to, and I thought, I literally, what am I going to say? I'm a big <laughs> fan. And I thought, I just can't, I can't speak. So I watched her ordering a Smirnoff ice and I thought, oh, very common. And nothing. And of course then oh. William Baker came up and he got chatting to her in the, you know, in the corner because he was introduced to her. I didn't say anything. And there was, I was literally saying at a bar, I thought, what am I going to say? You enjoying the show? You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I just, I can't speak and I didn't say anything you could have been I like thought, oh remember that song we wrote together <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't I thought what if she's horrible it'll ruin my life and I just didn't say anything I mean so I'm, that's I'm, my Madonna Madonna that's a brilliant Madonna. story and and better really? to have not said anything than to say something that you really regretted or that she just you know because I think famously if, if people say to her something oh I've always met, wanted to meet you she'll say something like um well now you have now you walked away yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know it's a, a Minogue podcast it's Minogue related so I thought it I'd is. tell it as we were It's a Madonna pretty good Madonna. story. Look, sometimes it's, it's just better. the hair on Mark's lap, the hair on Mark's lap. Like, <laughs> you should have, oh did you God. sniff it? You must have been tempted to, to lean oh, yeah. forward and <laughs> sniff the hair. You could have taken a cutting and then at some point when technology gets that far, you'd be able to, to grow your clone own her. Madonna, clone oh, and grow your own Madonna. So that was my, yeah, it was funny. Could have, you could have given her those box braids that she's wearing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, oh, it's bless. better to say nothing sometimes. I, at, I was at a, um, a radio gig 
for Danny. It was a rooftop radio gig in Melbourne. It was for, it must have been, it was for Neon Knight's era. Mm. And I was standing, I, I was had just been in hospital for a day procedure. I shouldn't have been out, but it was Danny. So, <laughs> of course, I was going out. And I was sort of standing at the back of the room just so I wasn't in amongst the crowd. And I looked behind me and it was Carol. Now, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's Carol. It's Carol Minogue. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like you. I'm like, do I say something? Do I not say something? And so... Of course, I opened my mouth and what came out was, you have amazing children. That's, That's not untrue. That's all I said. It's not <laughs> untrue. But she looked at me like, get away from me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she wasn't thinking that, but I felt no, so she yeah. I think about that about once a month and just go bright red and think, what were you thinking? Why did you say that? <laughs> I met Danny as well, but it's not as good a story. I, You know, I, I worked on Top of the Pops and it would have been around the time, probably around the time that... Um, she was promoting "Don't Wanna Lose This," lose this feeling slash groove, yeah. and I, I, you know, it was. Um, I did an interview with her, and it was. It's not the particularly interesting story. It was a real wake up call for me because I was convinced that I was I was going to do this interview, and she would love me because you know <laughs> back then you think I, I, I thought she was going to go. Oh my god, that's the best interview ever! And uh, what are you doing? Do you want to go out for a drink? Yeah, yeah. My best friend, stuff yeah. like that. And um. <laughs> And it was fine. It was okay. But I think I learned then uh, that if you try and make people like you, it doesn't work no. at all. And I just remember her sort of like looking around as I was asking, because we used to ask really irreverent questions like, you know, Burger King or McDonald's and stuff. And right. You can see her I mean, I remember not even that long ago when um, the two of us were uh, in. Uh, oh God, this sounds so glamorous. It we, and it was. Um, we were in. We went. We were in Positano in Italy, and there was a few friends, and we got this. We we got this boat over to go to Capri, um, and it just got later and later and later um, to, for us to go back to to. Um, we, we went over for the day, and we didn't have hotels on Capri. We had a hotel, in, a villa in Positano. We got later and later and later. And we just thought, or, anyway, in the end, we were, uh, someone was trying to book us this private boat to go back, um, like really late at night. And I'm like, I'm not getting on a boat across the sea, a tiny like boat <laughs> at one o'clock in the morning after you've had all this alcohol. Yeah. So I remember the, t the t like, and da Dan has had a few drinks and I remember having to run up and down the high street trying to find us a hotel that I could. And I think I in ended up finding like three different hotels for like, right, you're in there, you're in there, oh you're in God. there. I think, it was just like one of those things you think, oh my God, I'm with this like, huge pop star and I'm like running around like trying to beg for hotel rooms to go up. <laughs> so we didn't have to get on like a literally a dinghy to go back over to Positano oh which you probably God. never would have seen this again. there's loads <laughs> of things like that there was a I have got one more quick story which is a very funny story and it's a Danny Kylie Madonna story again oh. I, I went I went to see the reinvention tour with Dan <sighs> And Kylie was there, and we went to we went to go to see the show, and uh, I went with Danny in a car. I think Brendan was with us as well. Oh, wow. um, and we got there, and when we walked into the show, of course, everyone saw them together. There was like 
you know, a, a stadium full of Madonna fans, or not stadium, but you know, a, yeah. was it Earl's Court that one? Was it, it, it was at Earl's Court and it was at Wembley that one. They she did two nights. I think we went to there. Earl's Court, yeah, and it was so we were out. So there was, you know, those two girls in a, a Madonna concert. It was like virtually like the gay universe could have like been sucked into a black hole <laughs> in that day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and. <laughs> The, the, the screaming went on. Everyone spotted them. That people were screaming for so long. They're like, Kylie, Danny. <laughs> the security came and said, "If they don't quieten down by the time the show starts, you're going to have to leave." <laughs> it's like, what you? because they were, everyone was going. Everyone was sort of paying so much attention. It was hilarious. Of course, the show started. Didn't, you know, if you watch, but it, it was hilarious. I remember it was so mental oh because they, they were both there together at this Madonna concert. So it was, it was kind of like one of the gayest moments in pop history. Dan and Kylie <laughs> together. At a Madonna concert, really funny. <laughs> oh my goodness! Good story. That's a good story. Oh. That and the Smirnoff Ice are, are things I'm going to take away from this. Yes, <laughs> the Smirnoff Ice. I just can't really deal with that. Hey, <laughs> I know Mark and I. I thought she drank Belvedere. This well, I thought really she thrown well. Me. It was like she was about the lemon drop, and no, no, just a Smirnoff Ice. Thanks. I yeah, I don't know what to do. This is gonna it, stay with me <laughs> oh, no. could have been worse it could have been a blue wicked yeah <laughs> could have been <laughs> well edward while you're here i assume your favorite song is um i don't want to lose this groove just just to clarify your favorite no. danny song no no, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry sorry either. that was very presumptuous yeah, yeah. very I just presumptuous because the, the madonna connection but let's what's your favorite danny song before we go it's all I want to do. I love all uh, I want to do. It's just such a good song. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, I love "Don't Want to Lose This Feeling" slash "Groove" as well. Yeah. But you know, I I, I I love Danny. How can you not love Danny? There's something wrong with right. people who don't love Danny. Exactly. No, I don't understand them. <laughs> I do not understand them at all. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both again, and we really appreciate thank it. You. And um, yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Bye, guys. Bye, Terry. Oh my god, that was just incredible. I still can't get over it. I can't get over it either. And this episode, I guess, is sponsored by um, Smirnoff Ice. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of things, like I know this was Danny focused, but I can't stop thinking about Madonna's hair. Right, yes. No, same. Yeah, Madonna's hair or the Smirnoff or bloody ice. Smirnoff Ice, ABBA. <laughs> I mean, no stone was left unturned oh in God. this conversation with Terry. Like, oh, this is just so, so much fun. Like, we had such a wonderful time talking to Terry and Edward as well. It was just like chatting to mates and like, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I don't know Terry personally and I have only know Edward through online. So, yeah. But it was, yeah, very easy, very natural and, um, it was yeah a real real treat yeah it was and i think you know 
everyone we've spoken to, you know, you all would have noticed that the the underlying current is what a just a beautiful person Danny yep. is. Like oh. she is your she is your ride or die. Yes. If you are if you are friends with her, you yeah. are one hell of a lucky person. So incredible. We bloody love you, Danny. We bloody love you. Yes. And we hope that you've enjoyed and that you've all enjoyed this incredibly uh Incredibly special episode of This Is Disco celebrating Danny's 50th. Hi, this is Steve Anderson, and you're listening to This Is Disco. Eliza, where can the lovely people at home follow us on the interwebs? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Disco, all one word. And what about yourself on the socials, Medea? I am Ms. Eliza Day on both Instagram and Twitter. And you? I am Adam Eve on Twitter, and that's A D E M. It's Adam with an E. Uh, and the Record Doctor on Instagram, and I also host the Record Doctor on Mixcloud, which is a weekly radio show on Thursday nights. However, uh, for one time only this year, on October the twentieth, for Danny Minogue's <gasps> birthday, I'll be counting <gasps> down my top thirty Danny Minogue songs of all time. Oh my goodness. Yes. So the record doctor, as I said, every Thursday, not on Mixcloud, except for the week of Wednesday the 20th, when we'll be counting down Danny on a Wednesday night for her actual birthday. I'm very excited. Amazing. I cannot wait for that. Mm. I'll be get, getting my limes and my coconuts ready oh, for that. Looking forward <sighs> to it. Looking forward to it. Anyway, folks, that is Wednesday the 20th. But uh, before then, I'll see you on Thursday. Simple. And as for next Minogue Monday, mm-hmm. keep an eye on our socials and we'll be announcing there what we have coming up. Ooh, just leave you a bit of mystery. Yes. I think we've done enough for today. I know. Just keep you guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we do go, though, I believe that we have one more very quick and very important guest that stopped by to say hello. I'm of course, talking about the legendary Molly Meldrum. Now, some of you may not know who Molly is, but he was the music tastemaker through the 80s and 90s here in this country and is still so passionate about music and is regarded as a huge legend. I mean, it was Molly who introduced Australia to Madonna. So Molly's a very, very important person and very important to the Danny Minogue story. And while we unfortunately didn't get a chance to actually chat to him ourselves, thanks to the wonderful Cameron, we did get this very sweet message from him going to the lovely Danny Minogue. I've done so many things here in Australia. I've been in, for about a time we're in New York. Why did we have fun there? Mum's a word, I want your word. Happy birthday and it's woof woof from here as well. Okay, bye. Love and kisses, dance floor darlings. Bye. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve and Eliza Day. 